Welcome to episode 439 of Conversation Street for the week of the 5th to the 9th of October 2020. I am Michael. I'm Gemma. Here's Gemma and we are talking about episodes 10,133 to 10,138 of Coronation Street. Yes, there have been that many. And um, if you are um, a fan of our bonus extra material, you will find that um, we've done something a bit different. We've done another YouTube special this week, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Would you like to explain? I, I didn't want to... Be hogging the floor. Oh, here we go. Gemma um, did say that I talk too much sometimes. The other, no, the I other didn't. Day. You did. No, you say I sometimes didn't. you struggle to get a word in address. So, I said, I said, I feel embarrassed sometimes when I have to talk over you to say something, but I feel like if I didn't talk over you, I would never say anything. <laughs> sometimes. Fair enough. Well, but I, I think you feel the same way about. Well, yes. When I start talking. Yes, but the floor is yours. What is our bonus mix extra episode this week? It is doing Google searches on some of Coronation Street's most asked questions. Yes. Does that make sense? Not really. Okay. We type in the beginnings of some questions about Coronation Street into Google and um, we see what comes up what with says, the autocomplete yeah. and then we answer them. It was a lot of fun. We thought it could have gone awfully. We were like, what if this isn't funny at all? We don't get any any decent um, autocomplete results. But pretty much we did. So, um, yeah, check that out. And it is on YouTube as well. We it's videoed, we screen recorded it. Yes, it's one of those ones that's better on YouTube. On YouTube. But we did our best to try and make it, um, you know, we still really comprehensible. I don't know if it worked. If it was on, uh, if it's on, uh, on audio format only. But anyway, check that out. Check it out. Um, I, I've I've had a I've had a bit of a week this week. I'm a bit knackered, so um, I'm not going to engage in any more small talk and just pass over to my lovely wife here, my glamorous assistant wife, to give me a quiz on Coronation Street between the fifth and the ninth <laughs> of October and weeks ending in a five or a zero, also known as multiples of five years ago from this year. <laughs> over to you. What was that about me talking too much? Right. This was taken from CoronationStreet.fandom.com. Question number one. 5th of October 2015, the wedding of which two characters goes ahead despite it looking shaky due to one of them sharing a kiss with their ex? Oh. No. Was it? It wasn't Sally and Tim the first time round. Don't. It, it look. was Sally and you Tim the, the first time round. You just looked at the I phone. did not look at anything. I was just re- repositioning your phone. Yes. That's it's a, Sally and Tim. Did and they mention that they it was their anniversary? They never remarked upon the fact that they've got married. Like, if wouldn't you, if you were going to get married again five years after and around the same month, wouldn't you go, let's just do it on the same date? Maybe they did. Maybe we missed that. Maybe. They, that's, um, it's, you know what, Michael? I'm going to say this. It is very likely that we missed something. Could, could have been, could have been. Right. Next question, please. 5th of October 2015. First appearance of which two Connors? Which two Connors? Which two Connors came at the same time? Um, Kate. Yeah. And. Yeah. Johnny. Yeah. Fifth of October, two thousand and five. What discovery leads Frankie to kick Danny out? He's having it off with Leanne. Who's that? Leanne Battersby. Leanne is his. Jamie's. Jamie's girlfriend. And who's Jamie? His son. Yes. Just checking that I know. 
I do. Well, the answer was he's having an affair with his son's girlfriend. Yeah. But you said Leanne, so I was just making sure that you knew they were the same thing. Just some random prostitute in the street called Leanne. Sixth of October. It's so tragic what she's going through at the moment. So tragic. <laughs> the sixth of October, nineteen seventy-five. When the fire at the Mark Britton warehouse breaks out, where do the residents seek refuge? Oh, I can picture the room. Me too. I have a very I think vivid it was the memory school. of this. It was the school. What school? Leslie Street School. Yeah, somewhere else. Did they go somewhere else? Yeah, they did. I can't picture that quite so much. The Rovers Return. Can I give you... No, they didn't go to the Rovers Return. Oh, I thought they did. Can I give you a clue? Yeah. When they went there... um, Oh, it was the cafe. Wrong. What? It was the cafe? You didn't listen to my clue. What was your clue? It was the New Old Inn. Um, it was a, another pub. Why am I remembering the cafe? Okay, never mind. Carry on. The cafe wasn't even there, was it? Yeah, I think no, I it thought wasn't. it was. I thought it was the uh, the bakery. The bakery, yeah. It's a bakery, not a cafe. <sighs> right. Seventh of October, nineteen eighty-five. What does George Wardour reveal to a shocked Ivy that leads her to tell him they can no longer get married? Oh, he. Yes. Is. Yes. Ah. <laughs> what? Divorcee. Yes, and his wife isn't even dead. Yes. So they can't get married in the church. Mm-hmm. 7th of October, 2005. I've, I worded this question for you. Which gangster's mole starts her first day working at streetcars despite her husband forbidding her? Ronnie. Ronnie. I can't remember. It wasn't Ronnie, Ronnie Clayton, was it? Yeah, Ronnie, Ronnie Clayton. Clayton, yeah. Um, 8th of October, 2010. What does Jack tell Tyrone is the reason for his unusual spending? That's Jack's spending, not Tyrone. Oh, this is... Is, is this the true reason? He was he was dying. It was the actual reason. But I don't know if that was the reason he told Tyrone at this point. I'm going to say yes, he was dying. Yeah, he's dying. Um, oh, and so, what, so what's he doing? Um, yeah, giving back to the community. Spending. Random acts of kindness. Yeah. Secret. Not random, secret. Secret random acts of kindness. Yeah. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Okay. Um, final question. Ooh, 9th of October, 1995. Who does Betty ask to, ask to be her bridesmaid and matron of honour? Again, even though I watched this recently and you asked me a question about this week, I'm very fuzzy on the details. Betty's bridesmaid and matron of honour? Yes. See, it's going between... not the lady that sells her the lamb and potatoes for her hot pots. I'm going to say, surely, bridesmaid, that, that. And Raquel. And Raquel. Yeah, I was, gonna, I was going between... <laughs> I was going between Bet and Raquel. If you'd have said who else, I'd have said Raquel. I am going to have a point for that. I'm Do you claiming think that mark. matron of honour and bridesmaids are the same thing? I don't know. That's the lady's side of getting married. Two, I was asking uh, you two different questions. Okay. Two different things. Bridesmaid and matron of honour. Okay. You don't okay. be get to be the matron like matron of honour is like the head bridesmaid. <laughs> but you do in COVID times when you can't have that many people well, in your reception and your wedding party. This is the best man, matron of honour, and the vicar. <laughs> and it's actually like three people standing on each other's uh, heads and shoulders. <laughs> yes. Right. Is that it? I did really well then, didn't I? You I got mostly right. One wrong. Yeah. Right, and also, we finally got Chris's quiz that he sent us. About three weeks ago. Which is taken from the ultimate unofficial Coronation Street quiz book by Ed Cobham. Thank you, Chris. 
Quiz, quiz. <laughs> Thank you, quiz. <laughs> Told you I'm tired today. Right, come on, and let's get through this quickly. Oh, We're not a quiz up. show. No, you, you just listen. This is printed by Summerdale. Okay. Okay. You're just rude. Are these hard questions? I'm supposed to be. Are these are difficult questions. I remember Chris saying in the email. Right. I don't think. You're going to get this all right. I did really well on the main quiz. That's what's the most important thing. Go on then. What displaced item in Ogden House? Duck. I just got it in the face because I thought you were answering the question. Is duck the right answer? <laughs> yes. I will, I, will, I will finish the question. What displaced item in the Ogden House prompted a deluge of calls from listeners to Terry Wogan's breakfast show on Radio 2? I didn't know that that happened. Okay. What did Blanche bequeath to Grandson Simon in her will? Hair not so Ooh. smart now, are we? I don't remember. It wasn't a pair of trainers. It wasn't the dog. It wasn't the dog. Was it Eccles? No. A load of. A load, a load of, of money. No, a pocket uh, watch. Okay. In an early episode, which character muddled his words and ended up saying, "I don't know anything about history except King Harold." Right. Yeah, this is the hard round. You're right. <laughs> I don't know anything about history except King Harold riding about on his hawk with a <laughs> horse on his hand. Um, an early episode, you say? Yeah. And it was a man. I'm going to go right for Len Fairclough. I don't know anything about history except King Harold riding about on his hawk, a horse on his hand. Okay, who is it? Um, it is Frank Barlow. Okay. Who was Vikram Desai's sister? Nita. Yes. Thanks. How was Vikram Desai related to Dev Alahan? Mm, yeah, cousins. Yes. What nationality... How many questions are there in this segment? Ten. Okay. What nationality was the cleaner that Nick Tilsey and David Platt tried to bribe during their mum's trial? Oh, no idea. Polish. Yes, that oh. was very... That was based on a stereotype, Michael. <laughs> not based on knowledge, so I'm going to give you a zero. What? <laughs> <laughs> Who once worked at Chuckles Novelties? Uh, Derek. Correct. Which pension... I'm not going to score any more. It's boring. Which <laughs> pensioner... Which pensioner did the Platt children once use as a model for their guy on bonfire night? Yes. In 1973, he was caught underage drinking... <laughs> Uh, the Rovers. Uh, who was underage in Coronation Street in 1973? That's the question. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe. No? Internal thoughts. 1973? Yes. Can't have been Lucille Hewitt because she'd have been the right age by then. I thought there was something with one of the Flemings being caught underage drinking. This is like drinking, a maths um, question where you have to say you're working They'd gone by out. that point. I don't know. Trisha Hopkins. Trisha Hopkins, of course. Who did Hilda Ogden accuse of being lax from the neck up and relaxed from the neck down in 1969? Stan. Yeah. Okay. Again, that was based on a stereotype, Michael, so it doesn't count. I did all right then. Well done, Michael. Yes, thank you, Chris. The book. Yes. That's it, isn't it? Oh, no, birthdays. Oh. Who's got a birthday coming up? Who's got a birthday? We're in real danger of forgetting people's birthdays. I don't forget it. This is your job. Today is Adam Hussein's birthday, so happy happy birthday to him. Today on the 9th, you mean? Yes. 9th of October. That is today. (sighs) Birthday time. 10th of October, producer Brian Armstrong. 
Sarah Lancashire played Raquel Watts. Jacqueline Priory, 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 Ferrari <laughs> played Linda Baldwin. 11th of October, Jean Alexander played Hilda Ogden. I'll tell you what, October, really one of the best months. That reminds me of something funny that happened when we were in Manchester. What was her name? Jacqueline, whatever her name was. I don't even know what you're talking about. We were just, um, when we met up with Adam and Sel, we were talking about her. I can't remember how it came into conversation. Jacqueline, what's her name that you just mentioned? Who's got a birthday coming up. Oh. And I think it was Adam said, whatever happened to her? And I thought he was talking about Linda Sykes. And I said... She ran off with his son after after she was having it off with his son or something. And he was like, I thought she was just turned into a famous author. Yes, she is an author now. Okay. That's my anecdote, everybody. Jacqueline Freire. Yes. Oh. Did not have it off with Mike Baldwin's son. That was the character. Wow. Tumbleweed. Deborah McAndrew played Angie Freeman. And Samuel, Samuel Robertson, who's Adam Barlow II. That was all 11th of October. 12th of October, writer and storyliner Tom Elliott and Ledany, who played oh, Michael Ledeny. Wardwell. 13th of October, Angela Lonsdale played Emma Watts. 15th of October, Lisa George, who plays Beth Sutherland. That's quite a good birthday week. I told you this is the best. September, October, very good month to be born in. 16th of October, Maudie Edwards, who played Elsie Lappin. What's a good fact about her, Michael? First person to have a line on Coronation Street. Correct. Director and actress Tracy Spencer. Oh, director and actress Noreen Kershaw, who played Tracy Spencer, was born. And Shane Ward, who played Aiden Connor. Shane Ward. Shane Ward. Um, interesting fact about Tracy Spencer, because I was like, who's Tracy Spencer? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. She was the daughter of the landlady of the new old inn. Uh, and she served drinks to the characters in the pub. Nice little in nineteen seventy five. She was only in two episodes. Oh. And that is it. That is it. Are you ready to talk about this week's Coronation Street? No. I it was drama. Have to wait until we've watched it. Let's do it. <laughs> Street talk time. And I forgot to say earlier, happy Thanksgiving Canadians this weekend on oh, Sunday. Yes, it is Canadian isn't Thanksgiving it? and to, for for dinner today. We had poutine, didn't we, Mike? And Gemma's having poutine for dinner tomorrow. She's double poutining it. Well, my I don't know where she poutines at all. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so... I'm really tired. There might have been a little clue that Gemma dropped just before, just at the end of that intro sequence, that we hadn't actually watched Friday's Corrie yet. Now it is a few hours later and we have watched it. And I'm, I'm exhausted. <laughs> so I want to let Gemma do some of the talking. Can you just, like, prod me when you want me to give my opinion about something? <laughs> because <laughs> i've got some do about you? this week's curry I, I do i do indeed i mean the, the hot talking point this week is hot talking point yes is, is todd isn't it but we can't get there yet because we're not doing him as our first story today no todd todd has arrived on this on the show and if you think that it's important because it's a new character you're forgiven because it's a different actor and he didn't even bother to give him a scar on his on his face. Shocking. Shocking. He's good I can understand, himself. I can yeah, I can understand it might be difficult because he would have to apply his own makeup, but still still kinda of annoys me. But I bet you the makeup department are secretly relieved. Yeah, so that when they do get back to normal. And also the guy what's the guy who plays him is called Gareth, Gareth Pierce. Gareth Pierce probably relieved because I would imagine it takes a while. To get that applied. Mm-hmm. Let's get to Todd later, shall we? What are All we right. going to talk about first? 
What are our storyline tales this week, Gemma? Michael's I'm, closing his eyes and I'm resting just, on a pillow. I'm so right, tired. we've got Toya Battersby. To to. Oh, is that Toya? Yeah. Oh God, Toya Battersby. You put German in things. I was. I tried to put a German one in the Todd storyline because, as people who speak German will know, German for dead is Todd, and the storyline is about him faking his own death. It seems like, but um. <laughs> But no. you couldn't think of anything because you were tired. I already had an all right storyline title for that, but that's our third storyline of the week. Second, I don't understand what this one's supposed to be. Bride, Sally, Bride. You know, like, Bride, Sally, you ride. And it's Bride, Sally, you ride. It's good. She got married your, this week. Now sing your Shona song. Shona, Shona, spreader of Corona. <laughs> that's what she gets called she when she's, if she's blowing blow, kisses you around. You blow kisses. Like, literally, people. Roy's first day back on the street since since Corona locked down. I think so. I think that's the first that we've seen of David Nielsen. Oh. And, and Shona goes and blows kisses right in his face. He's dead now. <laughs> um, then we've got Todd, totally different. Well done. Totally different. To- oh, okay, well, you just say everything then. No. I can't, I can't pronounce speak. these things. Well enough for you. You can do the rest. Like this. Johnny Scott Secrets. <laughs> I lost track of what storyline type we were on for that bloody story. It's been so long. Were we on Johnny Scott? It wasn't. It used to be Johnny Scott Issues. And I think maybe it turned to Johnny Scott Secrets. But Johnny's got to get a move on with this storyline, yeah. I have to say. Because for heaven's sake, just get on with it. I'm totally over that storyline now. Oh, and and I've been asking for a flipping Johnny and Jenny storyline for donkeys. Yes. And then you get one and you do nothing but complain. I, I totally do. Right. I don't believe it. There was a little bit of I don't believe it. Believe it. And a bit of Shona stuff as and well. And Shona. Right. So Toya back to two back yeah, to Toya. 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 So Toya. It's still Toya. Right. On Monday. <sighs> I'm t- you've made me tired now it's rubbing no, off only one person's allowed to be too tired to podcast this oh, evening that is me I bag seats tiredness okay I need to make this box smaller where's the right sorry Michael always makes the window too wide I don't get it I don't get why you can't cope because with a slightly wider than usual window go on because your eyes go all the way across <laughs> my eyes don't too like much. it my eyes my eyes are lazy right Monday this is Toya's, ba- Toya's Battersby's. <laughs> this is going to be a quality podcast this week, everybody. Can you tell? Yeah. What has Nick and Steve and Toya and Leanne and Imran and Ollie and all of that lot been getting up to this week? Right, on Monday, Nick says to Steve that Leanne thinks everyone's against her, but he doesn't think that's necessarily the case. And then he gets another message from Sam. Leanne's in the tiz again in the in the afternoon and Steve's like, calm down, we need to be ready for this mediation meeting that we're going to have. And and Leanne is worried that, um, well, no, Leanne has made this conspiracy theory in her mind that what is actually going on is that Dr. Hospital has made a terrible mistake in saying that Ollie was going to die. And so they're covering their backs and they're going to offer them another specialist. To, I thought to, you were going to say they're going to off Ollie just to prove they... <laughs> they're going to just take a pillow to Definitely, definitely not going to survive this. Stay still, Ollie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so inappropriate. Inappropriate jokes will be peppered throughout this episode. Oh, I'm convinced they're going to be offered another specialist who will then cure, cure Ollie to save Dr. Hospital's reputation. So Nick tells David about the fact he met up with Sam and then they're going to go stargazing together. Very sweet. 
And Gail comes in and Gail's then... Gail's back. Yeah, Gail came back on Monday and so did Eileen on Monday. They were all back this week, weren't Lots they? Lots of new returnees yes. was, weren't there this week. Yes, they were. So, um, but, st- but still not Max. He's still just playing fart noises in his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, youth. <laughs> Don't we all have fond memories of doing that as children? So then um, Nick reveals to Gail about Sam and the fact he, she has got a secret grandchild. She does not want to hear Natasha's name again, but she understands what Nick's saying about, oh, I can't... Oh, what a conundrum I'm in. What a quandary, Gail. What a quandary I'm in. So, the mediation meeting begins, and I have to say that the mediator was completely unprepared for the onslaught of Battersby that Leanne brought with her. Mm. Doctor Hospital starts saying, look, I'm very sorry that we haven't been able to work through um, our issues and we've had to have a meeting like this. I'm sorry it's come to this. And Leanne's like, yeah, sorry, sorry as well. Sorry I walked out of your last meeting. Um, and and she, because she's being magnanimous because she thinks that everyone's going to sort of lick her boots and say, sorry, Leanne, you're totally right all along. But then Dr. Hospital says, yeah, isn't it sad? I'm really sad. Your kid's going to definitely die. And Leanne's like, what? No, that's not what we're here for. I can't believe it. <laughs> and Steve's like, it doesn't even matter how much it costs if you're worried about, if you if that's the problem. Um, they're talking about how much does the machine cost or taking him out of the hospital. And and um, she's like, no, no, it doesn't really make, you know. I don't know why they, they mentioned the money thing. Because it's not like there is anything that they're well, Steve's just do. Uh, this is his answer, isn't throw it? Throw money at so it. If you throw money at it, then it's going to magically Dr. make Hospital all of it says, better. It won't make any difference. We can't risk taking him out of the hospital. Because that's the idea that they've got now, is to take him out of the hospital and, and take him off to Germany or something. Is the reason that you can't risk taking Ollie out of hospital that somebody might see his face and Coronation Street's done such a good job over the past <laughs> month or so of hiding Oliver's face behind various... Bits of paraphernalia on the set. I mean, if Leanne wants... Ollie's behind a box. Ollie's behind a balloon. Ollie's behind a jug. (laughs) I think that if Leanne wants to start down the conspiracy theory route, she might want to look into the fact that there's a conspiracy theory going around that Oliver is actually just a balloon with a wig on it. Why she didn't want to go stargazer with Nick? Because she might see the UFOs or something getting... A real conspiracy theory. Get, get him beamed in, up so. because they can probably put an implant in him. Yeah, that will cure him. <laughs> so yeah, they, they don't move them. Um, don't move him. It'll only make things worse. I mean, how worse can it get? I was just gonna try and make some sort of another inappropriate joke there about Ollie being probed, and then he wouldn't be the only no. Batters be with a stick of his ass. <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> like mother, like son. I can't condone this. <laughs> so. Um, Leanne's like, oh, the mediator's on your side as well. You know what? Stick it where the sun doesn't shine, everyone. And and Steve's like, yeah, see you in court. Oh, that that went well. Mediator, absolutely useless in this situation. Does did nothing at all. No. I mean, she sat there and went... At least she turned up, unlike most of the other people that are supposed to be involved in this. <laughs> all these other characters are like, oh, you've had your meeting with Dr. So-and-so, but nobody saw them. Um, okay, now now then we get this, like, Nick and Tracy sort of, like, trying to feel each other out for how they are thinking about the situation and both knowing 
thinking the same thing but not really knowing how to express themselves yeah Tracy but then eventually so. Tracy comes right straight out with it Nick and Nick and Tracy are talking about the fact mediation's gone really badly doesn't know don't know what's going on with Oliver now and Tracy says who will we keep who are they keeping him alive for which is a good question I mean it, that sounded sarcastic when I said it like that but actually <laughs> she meant they're only doing it for their own feelings not for Oliver's benefit or well-being mm. Imran appears. And no, he doesn't says, appear. He's he has appeared. He's he's he, he's come come and gone. You missed him. Mm. Um, the camera wasn't. It's like Bigfoot. The camera wasn't pointing in his direction, so he's completely um, missed him. He says, "I found a specialist barrister man, and I will act act as his assistant for free because yeah, I right. know that you guys um are, are sad and poor." This is a special barrister. Just he's like me. Specialist in so in hospitals or something. What a vulture. <laughs> no, sometimes they're naughty and they need to be told off. <laughs> Tracy gets a call. I thought that said contact lady. And I was like, oh, contact tracing. Very topical. <laughs> Tracy gets a call from a contract lady to sell the properties. So they're trying to get rid of streetcars and... And the flat above it. And the flat above it and Preston's Petals, mm. which is her business. And they say, right, we just all we need now are the signatures. And Tracy says... Well, actually, you know, she says things have changed and we've decided not to sell. But really what she means to say is we've decided to let the kid die. Mm. So so we don't we don't need the cash anymore. <laughs> Tracy, but can I have a little bit of it to go shoe shopping? But I do. I do. Have, I still have feet. Tracy, um, I need to go to the cat print top store. <laughs> cat print tops. You know, they always do really nice ones at Next, which I think is where they get a lot of clothes from. For Tracy. Corey. They always get a lot of clothes from, from Next, I think. Um, so, Tracy's all... No, shut up. Hope you had a good evening. What? Okay, sorry, Alexi just interrupted us. Um, so, Steve is there in the hospital talking to Oliver and Tracy's watching him. She's getting all emotional and, and wobbly-lipped. Steve is saying, Oliver, we've got a lawyer who's going to help us to get you help. Then Steve finds out that Tracy hasn't posted the contracts and she wants to talk to him about it and she has a heart-to-heart with him. And this was, like... This is great, this scene. This was Tracy at her most reasonable she's ever been. Um, possibly most most likeable and sympathetic. I don't know whether there was a mixed reaction to this. The thing is, we all know that she's right. Mm. Um, she says, we need to be more realistic. You need to be more realistic. Steve was being an absolute arse all the way through this conversation and getting really, really defensive. And for some reason, I found it more difficult to sympathise with him in this situation than I have been Leanne. But he says, oh, you, all you care about is money. You just want to keep the money and the business. And she says, no, I'm on your side, but you and Leanne are too close to see things rationally. I am not going to sell this shop. You can do what you want with your taxi company or whatever. This is my business. I am not going to sell it. Um... Tracy, Tracy. Tra- Tracy. Steve and Tracy are arguing, and he says, "She says, she says, look, you're, you're, you're wasting. You're, let me say it. You're wasting all your time running around trying to sort this stuff out and trying to fight fight uh, people, but you're just wasting time that you could be having with Oliver, and you're also robbing Amy of her future." And she says, "Oliver's not going to get better." Make your make the most of your time with him. That was really sad. I can't. I can't 
imagine how difficult it would be to have to say that to someone you love about their child. But, I mean, they need tough love now, don't they? Both Leanne and Steve, they've got, like, what's that folie de where they've both gone crazy. Mm. Um, Nick leaves a message on Sam's phone, see you at the moor, which unfortunately has cultural connotations in this country, things that are incredibly sinister. Um, Steve shows up at the hospital and Leanne says, well, I'll go home. Oh, this is boring anyway. So Steve reads Oliver a story. Not now. Bored. Yeah, not, yeah. No, I was just going to say not now Bernard. And then, and then he's like, oh, this is the bit where you say again, again, Ollie. And Ollie's like, no. No, I'm dying. I just want to go to sleep. Um, so Does he's, not want an encore. Uh, he's reading it. He does a very good job. I felt like um, that was a nice, nice yeah, story. Yeah, it was, but you, you're right. It's, it's, hard, think... it's hard to sympathise with Steve a bit because the story isn't about Steve, is no. it? He's a, it, even though he probably shouldn't be, he's a, a, certainly a secondary character in the story of Leanne. And Ollie and Nick. I felt like Steve brought this book because he was reading it himself and he had to know how it ended. <laughs> also, I don't know why he didn't bring one of the many books that ends with some horrible tragedy happening. Yeah. So that I like that Peter cry. Pan one that uh, yeah. yeah I was reading the other week. <laughs> On Wednesday, Nick is doing a Zoom call with Sam and then along comes crazy Granny Gale introducing herself. Um... Nick's like quickly closes the lid, but there's some kind of weird technical fault where this, where he, Sam isn't hung up, but he can still hear him. So we thought that we that would turn into something, didn't is we? Is this going to come up again, or or was this just the writers going, let's put in a bit of authenticity that everyone can relate to? We've all to had it in one of these technical many Zoom challenges uh, calls we've had all summer. Yeah, I thought there'd be a thing where somebody's on a Zoom call with somebody, gets closed down, but they're still listening in. But it hasn't happened yet. Hasn't happened yet. Tracy tells Emma what's going on and she says, maybe I'm a bit, I'm a bit harsh, but I, I can't regret it because I'm definitely not going to sell that florist. I can't change what's happening to Oliver, but I can definitely help Amy. And helping Amy means, you know, I need to have this, this florist shop. Um, Leanne is trying to appeal to Dr. Hospital's maternal side. Does she say something about you got kids or something like that? Yeah. She's like... And Dr. Hospital's like, literally, I get, like, I'm not doing this for fun. This is not fun anyway. This is really crap. You're making this worse than it has to be. <laughs> she turns to Oliver in her bed. This is, in his this bed, is the end, not hospital. And cries, I won't let you go, baby. Very, very sad. Imran, Nick and Leanne go to, are in the lawyer's office waiting for this barrister who seems to be running late. Nick's trying to call Sam, but Leanne's like, no, you're not doing anything with your phone. This is important. And all the way through this, Leanne's getting really wound up. Nick's always looking at his phone. I, I, I can imagine. You can sim- really- even more you can sympathise with Leanne, <sighs> as if you weren't already walking in her shoes. Yeah. Meeting's over. He turns his phone back on and Leanne has to go at Nick saying, what's so important? What's so important? Why can't you pay attention to what's going on? You giving up on Oliver or something? And Nick's like, you know what? The world doesn't just stop turning when this is happening, that other things are going on. And then he's like, actually, I better just confess. And he says, the person who's been texting me is my son. And Nick Leanne says, what? Bombshell. What? 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 Nick says, explains everything that's happened to Leanne. She doesn't really believe it. 
And she's like, are you, like, are you sure? It's and because she, like, knows, she knows Natasha, doesn't she? And yeah, she knows Natasha's that she's a liar. Like, she knows she had an abortion, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, she's not 100% truthful in the past. Are you sure it's your son? Nick's like, yeah, I've met him. He's cool. He definitely takes after me. He's my son. He's awesome. What are you trying to say? <laughs> and um, <clears throat> so she has to accept that that is the case, that is that he really is. Um, where's, I've, I've lost my... But, yeah, yeah, so Nick's, Nick's investigated it. He hasn't had a DNA test done, which I think is a bit weird. Um, so he says, I, I really wanted to tell you, but I couldn't until now. You and Oliver are my priority, and if I'm going to carry on meeting Sam, it's got to be our decision. Oh, he didn't like that. I thought it was a bit... I don't know. Why? Why would... Why would... He let Leanne say that or give... I think it was mean to give her the opportunity to say, oh, well, you could have told me not to see my son and I would have done it, you know? There's mm. no way he would have actually stopped seeing his son. And it's not fair on the kid either. And he promised Natasha he wouldn't mess him around. I know. But he basically, he knows Leanne's not going to say, no, you can't see your son anymore. I think he... I think don't think he admitted that to himself, but I think he knew in, deep inside there's no way somebody is going to... Look me in the eye and say, you can't see a kid anymore. I know, it's a, it's a win-win situation for Nick, isn't it? He's like, oh, well, you said what I could do. <laughs> Leanne calls off and says, look, we should all meet up. I want to see, I want to meet Sam. You said he's really cool. Yeah, I heard he's, I heard he likes space and I love space as well. I don't know if you know that about me. <laughs> it's my passion. It's always been my passion for life. <laughs> Nick's like, I don't know if this is such a good idea. She's like, no, no, I want to meet this son if he's so cool. I want to meet this kid. So... Sam, Natasha and Nick are in the waiting room. And I was Leasha... pretty cool myself when I was a teenager, says Leanne. Do you remember that? Yeah. Red hair, blonde streaks amazing... at the front. Uh, oh, yeah, it was awesome. Natasha wants to meet with Leanne first. And Nick and Sam go and get coffee. And Natasha's like, oh, I'm really sorry about your son, Oliver. And Leanne's like, shut up. Is it true? Is he actually, is it really Nick's son? And Natasha says, yes. Unfortunately, this is the last thing I wanted. I promise you, I'm not I'm not a psycho anymore. <laughs> but yes, it is true. And what is it? Um, she's like, oh, I didn't even want this to come out. It's because I was in the hospital. Mm. So really, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> and then once she, once Leanne has accepted that this is definitely true, Sam comes along and he's like, hi oh he's so sweet and Leanne's just like sitting there and he's chatting away he's talking about he wants to be, go to Bristol University he wants to be an astrophysicist etc 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 Leanne Leanne's reaction to seeing Sam was so heartbreaking mm. and and she smiled but she she looked so sad as well like she it took her by surprise her reaction like, she had she, a bit of a wobble I didn't think, she she wasn't prepared for... I think she... Yeah, she wasn't prepared at all for her her reaction because she obviously immediately felt a connection to Sam because he's so adorable mm. and he's so open and, and, like, willing to make friends with people. And she wasn't prepared for him to be so cute and <laughs> neither was I, to be honest. So, anyway, she can't take it, Leanne. She goes into a side corridor and she says, Nick... I'm sorry, but I can't help hating you because of this. You have to go. Very sad. On Friday, Leanne tells Sam, tells Toya about Sam, and Toya's like, what? They're giving kids out? Where? (laughs) 
Tracy chats to Mary and Nick about being worried about Steve. She's trying to justify not selling the florists. I don't think she really needs to. I think everyone understands it is a bit of a crazy idea. Why does she need... I don't know why she thinks she has to sell it now anyway. I know they're talking about legal costs, but they don't know what they would be. Well, yeah, not half a million pounds, you would hope. I would hope not. Both Tracy and Nick are worried about the fact that they are not involved in any of these conversations or they're not really sure what they think, what the what Nick and... No, what Leanne and Steve are thinking. Very difficult. They're kind of being frozen out emotionally, aren't they, a little mm. bit? So Toya goes and tells Imran about Sam. She's like, can you believe this? I can't... Can you believe this? I can't believe it. I mean, I can believe it. I've had yeah, a number so, of weeks of watching I, this. I, yeah, it's, I've, I've had time for it to filter through. Imran goes in to see Leanne and Steve and says, there's a court case for the appeal, court date, sorry, October oh, no, the written, 19th. No, yeah, I've written the 9th here. <laughs> it's today. It's now. You're late. You're late. <laughs> isn't it? And they're just going to, they're going to hit him with a brick. It's in a couple of weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Leanne's like, oh no, uh, so soon. We've got nothing to wear. <laughs> She says it's like so soon, but I thought this was urgent, isn't it? Oh, well, I mean, time is ticking. Yeah. Nick arrives at the hospital to see Leanne because she needs him. Um, but she says, like, I can't handle Sam right now. Like, all this space stuff is just it's blowing my mind. <laughs> Tell me about black holes. I, was, I can't uh, stop thinking about them. Yeah, that was... Um... A bit of a pointless split, really, on Wednesday to Friday, wasn't it, between Leanne and Nick? I don't think they really split up, though. Are they split, well, were we supposed to think that's what happened? Well, no, I mean, she she told him to bog off, and I thought that she was going to be making a bit more of a... or attempting to make a clean break from him, but no. it never never really happened, didn't I it? Think... You know, half an episode later, she's like, let's come back. Sorry, I only I've said heard... that for a cliffhanger purposes yesterday. <laughs> Are we friends? I've heard a lot of people really losing sympathy for Leanne and getting upset with her about her reaction. I just really found it very authentic and and raw and true. And I said this to you as well at the time. The thing about it is that, th- I honestly, I think this is a very honest reaction that you you might have if you're in this situation. But, unfortunately, we can't hear inside her head. It's not that kind of programme. If it was a book, we might be able to hear her thoughts and things. Because this is a TV show... She has to say what she thinks for us to know. And so she has to say to Nick, I hate you, go away. And everyone thinks she's being juvenile and childish, but I I really can understand why she feels this way about it. And, And I don't think she thought, I don't think for one minute she thought she was being justified. But honestly, she's so worn down and so emotionally wrung out that she just has nothing left but the truth at this point. Well, yeah, she, she has to say what she thinks. When she said that to Nick, she was like, she, she, I can't remember exactly what she said, but it was like, I, I know this isn't what I should be saying yeah. right now. Yeah. But I just, yeah. I I'm can't gonna, help I, it. Yeah. I, I, I've got to say what I think. I felt and that's, really I can't bad handle her. this at the moment. She can't. She no, can't. No, I'm finding everything about her reaction very genuine and it's not like everybody would have exactly the same reaction no. to her but she's a definitely a, a heart on your sleeve kind of girl it's and she's it's so obviously very very invested i mean it is okay <laughs> she's invested in, in her child. child yeah um <laughs> i think the thing is that um it's also a very leanne thing as well like it's very true to her character yeah when I mean, having a go at somebody she and, and she's decided yeah. now that the hospital she, she over over the over the course of the last few weeks the idea that the hospital is maybe not being completely honest with her is cemented itself in her brain and she's yeah. not the sort that's going to let that go no now that she's she's bitten onto it yeah and i think um 
Tracy... No, I forgot what I was going to say now. It's a... Both Stephen and Leanne are using this idea that there's something that can be done to avoid the truth of the matter. And so to construct this idea in their minds, they need someone to blame for it. Mm. And and it's just, it really is just to avoid confronting the truth. Yeah. I'm finding Leanne's reaction to to feel to me as a viewer a lot more genuine than Steve's. And when Steve and Tracy were having that chat the other day, which was, which was really great, I, I thought, Steve, do you, do you really believe that Oliver can get better? Do you, do you think that we can fight him? Do you actually think that the hospital is is conspiring against you or are you just saying that because of Leanne and but there, there wasn't like any he wants to believe there, it rather than he does believe it but but no I, well, that's what I couldn't decide because at first I thought is he just wanting to believe it but the things that he was saying the way it was scripted made it seem like he did believe it but I, I didn't think that he actually would I, I, I'm confused no I know what you mean you know, I, do, I, I totally did, totally to believe Leanne that you blame the hospital but Steve it's like are you just saying this it did come out of nowhere a little bit for Steve to confront Tracy like that. Yeah. But you probably... You, I don't know. He was being... Honestly, to me, he was just being... He was being just as horrible to Tracy as Leanne was to Nick. Because he was saying to Tracy, oh, you don't care about Oliver. All you care about is money and yourself. And I think that's the same. I mean, and he went on at her a lot more than... Leanne just said, I hate you, go away. <laughs> It is. It, he he was, but I just think it's more in Leanne's character yeah. to be like that than Steve. But and it, no, it, my point it is, it didn't feel right him saying it. I agree with you, but my point is, I think there's a little bit of um, uh, what's the word? Double standards with the way I think some people think seem to have let Steve off the hook completely for saying that to Tracy, whereas Leanne's like the worst person ever and really hard to sympathise with because she said that to Nick in a really um, vulnerable... Leanne does have a touch of the screaming harpies about her, doesn't she? (laughs) Where Steve doesn't. Yeah, I guess guess it wasn't just that she said that, but she has been going on everybody and anybody for the past month. But then that's... I think that makes me believe in her even more. She she kind of is saying it like she means it. Whereas... Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I just can't I quite believe. What you mean. But it didn't stop that scene with him and Tracy, that two-hander scene, which was a nice long one at the end of Monday's episode, being really, really fantastic. Those two characters I like together. I think they've got great chemistry together. They've been working together for, what, 20 years or so now. Kate Ford's been in the programme. Um, I, 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 that, that was just perfectly done. Again, it's not... Uh, apart from not really believing him. Not particularly clear to me what they were selling when they would sell the flower shop. Because we the theory is that we're working off of, which we have sort of decided is fact, is that it's Ray secretly buying up places around mm. Coronation Street. He doesn't really want the flower shop anyway. Nobody cares about this. It's not a deal breaker. Yeah. Um, but the, the taxi company is definitely selling the building, not the business. Because yeah. the business, nobody cares. He doesn't. Ray's not buying properties for the business reason. He's buying it to develop it. We think this mm. is the this is the theory. So theoretically, Steve could sell the taxi building and just have a taxi. I mean, what honestly? 
What purpose does the taxi office serve anybody? Um, None whatsoever. Everybody could do their, their taxi organising job at home. Yeah. So he's selling, he's selling a property. A handy, handy, you know, forecourt outside to... Sometimes to people come on. in to look through the window and go, oh, I need a cab. Yeah. But I'm lazy. I would just phone from my house. I don't know why I would walk to a cab office when they've got a car. Anyway, so we're not really sure whether um, what what would be the point of of selling that any now anyway, and how much money would they really get from selling mm. a flower shop? I still think it's weird that they all own these properties. I I was um, doesn't make sense. I I can't stop thinking now when I'm watching things like that about what uh, that person theorised on our Facebook group the other week about is it Liz's lines that Tracy's reading and and when Tracy is being you know I think you're more, being a bit mean to Tracy now it, She's it, sensible. is it Liz saying I don't want to sell the flat or or what I don't know it's it's a weird one because it can't the, be because they want to sell they want the story storyliners want. Steve to sell his business and the flat above it to facilitate Ray's plots, mm. right? So Liz saying don't sell the flat, I'm not selling the flat, wouldn't work because he needs the flat to sell to develop. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, do, what, what do you think that Tracy would be like if the tables were turned and Amy was in the same position as Oliver? Because Tracy's able to you know, take a, a step back from this and see the, the truth that's staring her in the face, that Ollie's not going to come through this. Would she, if, Ollie, if, if Amy was in this position, be saying exactly the same as Leanne and she'd probably be worse and flinging more mud than Leanne is? And... Probably. And also, sadly, I have to say, if this was Amy on the bed... And they were talking about, well, sh- should we, should we just let Amy die? I would feel so much different about this story than I do because I have not got anything to think about Oliver. I don't know anything no. about him. He is not really. He's just. A I'm child not going to miss character. him when he's gone. I have no emotional attachment to him. The concept of a child having a terminal illness is incredibly emotive, mm. but there's no added personal, like, personal emotions. I, I feel toward Oliver it would be very very different if it was a different character like can you imagine Simon at the height of cuteness being in a little hospital bed and they're going oh well he's gonna mm. just let him die you wouldn't you would be you find it even more dif- I think you'd find oh, yeah, it definitely. so much more difficult to watch yeah. it's very it's to me I think it is a bit odd that they they picked Oliver just because nobody's got any real attachment to but the, I mean they could but like the plot all the other, all the surrounding characters are much more interest. You know, very interesting, and there's lots of in- dynamics that they've they've done a really good job of of sort of um, involving and stuff. But any other child character, there's not the well. What if it was Sam? What if it was Ruby or Hope? <laughs> I mean, well, we've already had Hope's Hope. Hope's already had her death door story. But, but if it was little Ruby, mm. oh, I wouldn't want them. To, to let that happen to poor Ruby. I know. But yeah, if it was Sam, I would say, no, we must still, get Doctor... Still enjoying him this week? We haven't seen a whole lot of Sam. I mean... But I, I've certainly not uh, in any way gone down in my estimations no. of him. I'm still loving him. I loved him on Zoom. I loved him when he came to the hospital, when he was sitting talking to Leanne. That That's... I am thinking that Sam may be a catalyst for... Nick and Leanne to split up because I can't see Leanne being able to cope with 
how amazing Sam is and watching Nick and Sam have fun adventures. We're not going to see Leanne going a bit crazy and and calling Sam Ollie or anything like this. As, oh, as I don't she. know, maybe. that's That sounds like something Coronation Street might want is to do. Is she going to, you know, is she going to pretend or start to think that she's actually Sam's no, mum or Peter something? No, Peter Pan's your favourite story, <laughs> Sam. Look, here's your red car. Oh. Um, yeah, no, I... I I, I very much enjoyed all this. Um, it was definitely a story highlight of the week for me. Um, Jane was still wonderful. Jane Danson e- is absolutely killing it on this on this um, storyline. She is so brilliant. Mm. She's so those the expression on it. Like I said, the expression on her face when she saw Sam, so many layers of emotion just in that one little look. Mm. Amazing work. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think we've said it all before, really. I, I can't say that there was... Uh, the, the, the the big... No, there, there were storyline developments in this this week, weren't there? there well, there were. the fact that we now... Everybody it's knows. In, there's no, Sam's not a secret child. I mean, if the... In years gone by, Sam would have been on Nick's phone and Nan would have found it and thought Sam was a woman who really likes space. <laughs> <laughs> and they were having an affair. Women can want to be astrophysicists too, you know. Women don't like space. (laughs) Um, Because because of all the I love you and all this stuff and the kisses and whatever, um, I think it would be really easy to... for that to have happened, I I'm like glad that, they did. I like that Nick just said it, and and maybe his timing could have been better. But he's been worn down just as much as exactly. Leanne has in, in some ways. Honestly, so that's... when she was having a massive go at him, I, I'm not surprised that he cracked and just said it. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm not too mad at Leanne because really Nick should have kept his mouth shut. Yeah, or he... have said it as soon as he found out. Um, but he couldn't, I, like, they're all just so tired, aren't they? Mm. I can really, I've really, it's, it's very draining. Yeah, I've, I've definitely come round on the idea, because when I heard that all, you know, Natasha's coming back, secrets and la la la, I thought, oh, we don't need that extra layer, Oh, actually. no, but it's brilliant. But it, it is. I'm very, very much enjoying this, and I'm still dead chuffed that they're, you know, going down the route of killing, killing Ollie off. I don't know if they drama. will. They might still get this doctor no, he's, from Germany. He's on he's on borrowed time, I'll tell you. Okay. Right, Bride Sally Bride, let's do the next story. So it's wedding week. We remember they only just we only found out last week that Tim and Sally were gonna get married this week, so they better get their skates on and get down to that church. So Abby on Monday is going to go and help Sally pick out a dress. They're all trying to keep this wedding secret from Jeff because they think he's going to storm one in and gate crash it. So um, we see a couple of scenes with them blanking Jeff in the street. Even Faye, <gasps> he tries to say, oh, look, look, yeah, I haven't spoken to you for ages. Come and chat with your old granddad. And she's like, not interested. He's all on his own. So Alia goes to the prison to speak to Yasmin and we find out that Paula... <laughs> And when I when I heard Paula, I thought Paula Paula Wilcox, Elaine, oh, Philip. Oh no! No, Paula lawyer Paula. He's um had a bit of a thing. Uh, what's it called? A turn in the hay? No, what's it? What, with Tracy. Roll in the hay. Roll in the hay with a Tracy. Turn in the hay. <laughs> She's rung Imran with a trial date, second of September. The dates are all getting lined up at the moment, aren't they? We've got the trial date next week for um. Uh, hospital stuff 2nd of December which is week before 
Corrie's 60th anniversary week, this trial's going to take place. Well, the trial's going to start then. I can only assume the trial's going to go on for about a week or so. And maybe the (laughs) big verdict will happen on the the exact 60th anniversary of Coronation Street. Just putting that idea out there. Anyway, Yasmin, however, is still feeling very, very pessimistic about this. She thinks that Jeff's going to do something and he's going to come out smelling of roses. He's going to take all the money out while he still can. And again, she says to Alia, Back down. Just stay out of it. Stop Keep talking. Keep your nose out. Him. Stop talking to Jeff. Stop, Stop gloating him. and antagonising him. Exactly. She just can't do it, can she, Alia? And I, I'm sorry, I just really, really, really struggle to take Alia's side. When she was having a go at Jeff in today's episode, I was like, shut up, Alia. Leave the poor man alone. What? <laughs> anyway, Yasmin... That says more... That obviously says more about Okay, not the poor man, but it's just like, Alia, you've been told. Stop it. Anyway, Yasmin is worried that when she has to go up and stand on the stand, she's gonna be she's gonna crumble. She's um she's she's not gonna be able to cope with it all. And she asks after Elaine, but there's still no word. Alia says, You're going to be a powerful witness because you've got truth on your side. Only if that was all it took Alia. Meanwhile, Gail has been told about the secret wedding of her best friend Sally, and she's invited to be a secret but bi- I was gonna say barmaid, a secret <laughs> secret bridesmaid at it. So she's jolly happy about that. Meanwhile, Jeff, who everyone's trying to keep the wedding secret from, overhears Abby and Faye talking about it. And it wasn't like the secret Jeff overhearing last week where he just so happens to be in the Walk back in of the there. shot when Daniel and Nikki were exchanging cash. Faye and Abby were just blabbermouthing about it on the patio. <laughs> and he's out there going, what's going on here then? So Faye feels dead guilty about revealing this secret nuptials. Um, but um, Tim says, no, don't worry about it. It's fine. And it's true. The amount that they go on about it over the, the next episode or so, it would have been pretty hard to have kept it secret from him, to be honest. Sally worries about Je- Jeff gate crashing this wedding, though. How are we going to stop him coming along? Tim thinks... I reckon I can I reckon I can talk to my old dad. I'll be able to stop him. Don't worry, I just need a quick chat with him. So he goes into speed dial and uh, walks right into Jeff having a go at Ilya and Ryan. And Ryan had one of the lines of the week this week where, um, I can't, what was it he said? I wrote it down about Jeff dying quietly or something. Oh yeah, Jeff says, I die of boredom here, sat here with you. And Ryan says, anything you could do uh, die of would be simply splendid. That was so really funny. He, yeah, Tim walks in onto this. Um, and he, he hears his dad having a go at them and says, look, don't spoil the wedding, right, Amar? okay? And Jeff's all sarky with him and says, you're not going to want me there, you're going to regret it big time. You know, you're going to regret not wanting me there, you're going to regret it big time. Um, and he tries to guilt trip in more, oh, saying, oh, I, I raised you. I, oh, blah, blah, blah. I taught you how to read. No, I didn't. Hang on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tim's like, no, I just come to say, don't you dare come and ruin our wedding, please. Yeah. Wednesday morning, the day of the marriage ceremony. Soap phrase of doom to kick off the episode. Today's going to be just perfect. But you know what? It pretty much was, actually. It was pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um, so Craig finds out that um, he's invited to the reception. Craig's there. He's a, He's got his fancy... It looks like a Colson's awards show suit, doesn't it? Because he's a bit of a Why snappy just, dresser at these things. I'm not sure I'd feel thrilled and privileged to be a part of someone's special day if they only asked me on the day. Well, they've only known that the wedding was happening for about two episodes worth, so it's fair, fair play. They've got enough time to buy a dress, they've got enough time to send that invitation to in advance. Well, it's Faye, isn't it? She's sniffing around Craig on Wednesday. Found that. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. And... Uh, 
yeah, so he he's coming along and Jeff's loitering around saying I'm still on standby. I've got nothing on this afternoon if you want to invite me, just saying. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've um, freed like, my no, afternoon. Granddad, you're not coming. Sorry. No, nobody wants you here. Meanwhile, Sally is having some last minute wedding jitters. <laughs> Abby has got a plan, hasn't she? she yeah, this is very. She knows how she's going to stop Jeff coming along to this wedding and she takes Faye's phone and, tells a sne- and takes a snap of Sally in her wedding dress and then has a sneaky send of it somewhere. We don't know what's going on No, at the she moment. doesn't send it anywhere. And uh, the thing... She sends a message. Things start to get even more suspicious with Abby when Sally's leaving to go into the car and Abby starts feigning one of her heads. She's like, cradles her temples, like, oh, I can't possibly come to the wedding. And this po- at this point, you didn't... You had forgotten or you didn't see the photo sending thing earlier, did you? So she you were like, what? Sally's send- not even going to come to the... So the uh, Abby's not even going to come to the wedding, and I was like, "No, she's got a plan, Gemma. You watch." I I don't think she sent a picture. I think she just sent a message. She did. Uh, she said she took a picture of Sally. Yeah, I know she took and a she, picture uh, on Faye's phone, yeah, and then I know she that. sent it to Jeff, so Why? that Jeff would think, "Oh, Faye's come round. She's on my side now. I she's going to she get me in." Him the like, "Come round, that granddad." Oh, it doesn't matter. Whatever's happening, Abby, Abby's it was genius. She's lying about having a headache. Yeah, should never do that. So Abby goes round to Jeff's and says, "Oh, Faye's waiting for you in the conservatory. Why didn't you go in and see her? No, she really no, wants no. to see you." Jeff, uh, Jeff goes to Sally and Tim's house. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Abby, yeah. That's right. Jeff it comes around. Abby's there the alone. He was and says, the... oh, Faye, Faye, yeah, Faye's yes. waiting for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, oh, great. I can't really see well. through the window. <laughs> I'll walk in there. Um, yes, that he goes into the conservatory. Faye's not there. Abby traps him in. Hurrah. So... And she even does that thing where she stands in the doorway and's like, you've fallen into my trap. Ha, ha, ha. Now I shall lock you in. If well, you were late, Jeff, will you like push her over? Later away? on, Jeff does his cliche line of oh, "You'll never get away with this," and Abby says, "I think I already have." <laughs> so there's a little bit. What is going on with Alexa today? Shut up, Alexa. Um, yeah, I think I think I hope whenever that line appears in a script, it's been copy and pasted from the original. <laughs> but there was also, I think it was probably in Wednesday's episode as well. We had the old line of. I think it was with Eileen and Mary, and Eileen saying, oh, Mary, I'm serious, and Mary says, so am I. Like, come on, writers. On the whole, I like Wednesday's episodes, but there was a, a few too many cliches in the script for me. Anyway, Abby is standing guard at Sally's house with Jeff trapped in the conservatory, making fun of the fact that he's now trapped like Yasmin was when she was in her box. So that was a nice bit of poetic justice there, I thought. Well... I thought it was cruel because you should never lock a dog in a car <laughs> in the sun. Um, it's all right. It's been raining in Weatherfield this week, <laughs> didn't you see? <laughs> Jeff is trying to get a rise out of Abby, calling her a druggy parasite, but she doesn't take the bait. There was a second her. there where I was like, oh, no. I know, so did I. So did I. She wasn't. Whatever. Ab- Abby was the Abby that I love this week. Yeah. This I was, was, yeah I, I've been a bit fed up of Abby being, uh, oh, I'm an addict. Oh, I can't help myself. Give me some morphine. Hook me up to a drip. Oh, I'm too awful. Oh, Kevin, Kevin. I'm, not, I'm not good enough for Kevin. Yeah, oh. that, I don't like that, Abby. No, I'm sorry to say. This was exactly how Abby should be. She needs to leave that side of her behind. And I know Abby. you can't just, you know, erase your past, especially if you've got addiction issues. But this Abby was yeah. on such fine form. Yes. She was dulled up to the nines. She oh, was yeah, com- supremely confident. She oh. saved the day. She was the heroine. Perfect. I, I, I loved her. Love she was her. just 
absolutely brilliant on Abby Wednesday's saving episode. the day is my favourite thing apart from drunk Jenny <laughs> yeah, well, I would we love that this week Abby as well. to save drunk Jenny from something <laughs> can we work that from herself <laughs> so no. Kevin rings up Abby and she's there speaking on the phone going oh yeah don't worry about me I've just got a headache you enjoy the wedding now and Jeff's banging on the conservatory door and Abby's like oh it's just kids outside I'm just <laughs> watching Zambezi it was it was basically Zambezi, it was basically the scene from Nick and Carla's wedding when Tracy had uh, was locked in in the factory cupboard by Jenny, wasn't yes. it? It was basically exactly the same. Except, except he except... didn't say, I've got medication to take. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what he should have done. Yeah. Because he, he, he even could. Oh, my heart. Oh, my heart's exploding. Didn't think about that, did he? No. Um, yeah, yeah. Where, the only difference was, yeah, Jenny let Tracy out so that she could get to Carla and Nick's wedding in time to ruin it, whereas Jeff managed to stay in there for the whole of the time. Yeah. Um, so... The wedding party are we back. Don't we don't get to see any of the, That's uh, the fine. happy event. That is because, exactly how it should be. Yeah, well, we've already seen those two get married. They, Five years ago. Yeah, exactly. they, they made a thing saying, um, oh, what did, what did um, Sally say? Oh, I've married Tim as many times as I've married Kevin now or something like that. It's ridiculous. So we don't I need just, to say it Honestly, again. I thought, think this is the best way of handling it. And I also find it quite funny that in Coronation Street, in the space of how many months like not even like three months we've had two weddings during a pandemic <laughs> when weddings are incredibly restricted yeah well you know it was in the long-term script wasn't it? i don't think they could avoid this I, d- I, I think they can avoid sally and tim getting married because basically they are married and everyone's i heads. think that i think that sally and tim were originally going to get married like three four months ago i think this Probably. is a, a very much a delayed wedding that's probably why they didn't say oh it's our wedding anniversary should we get married (laughs) very good point um anyway so um the wedding party are back they've had a lovely time um faye comes into sally's (laughs) house and finds an extremely smug abby there who lets she's like i lied i lied (laughs) ha 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 Faye pretends that she saw nothing when jeff's like you see no you she like your granddad in the conservatory here good on you faye Oh, poor Faye. But she didn't... She had no, no. qualms about it, did she? She's, She's not. Like, she has washed her hands of thing. Jeff. Don't know what you're talking about. happy birthday for 20 seconds. Um, over at the reception, Sally is very chuffed with Abby because she managed to keep Jeff from the door. Basically, then, everybody thinks it's hilarious, don't they? They do, basically. Then the police arrive. It's it one of Craig's mates. And um, Jeff has accused Abby of false imprisonment. And everybody very quickly comes up with a little, uh, an agreement together that, no, Abby was, uh, how could she have done? Because she was at the wedding, wasn't she? Yes. Taking all the photos, which is why she's not in them. Exactly. <laughs> and the police go, well, we're not going to investigate further. Good, thank you very much. And then they leave. And then Abby goes, oh, thanks, guys. And Craig goes, "What? thanks for what? Yeah. And they'll go, shh, he's a copper. They've got an alibi. Abby. An Abby alibi. Um Anyway, there's, there's basically just some nice reception-y stuff with the newlyweds. T- Tim and Sally were, were great this week as a couple. I, I at no point felt, I hate you two together. You should split, should have stayed split away. You had the chance. Oh, that's a lovely thing to think at a wedding. Oh, I, like, I really like this wedding. They should in no way have split up. This, this is why I maybe might have enjoyed seeing the ceremony because I, I, I don't care about seeing Maria and Gary's wedding no, ceremony. No, you're right. If I, but if for I a couple that I feel something about or I have yeah. felt something about in the past, I'd rather see them yeah. say their vows, actually, in and show off their rings if but we only get one one wedding it should have been sally and tim's anyway um 
Faye has a little moment with Craig um, where she invites him to dance and he's there saying, oh, um, I don't dance. I'm embarrassed about how I look. They really keep working in Coulson's weight loss into the script, don't they? People can't help mentioning it with every scene that he's in. We need to to make everybody know that we know this has happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. That, of course, nobody mentions the fact that Todd's come back with someone else's face on his head. They have a l- nice little dance together. Apparently, we don't see it because it would mean them getting close to each other. And um, we, we also learn at this uh, around about... No, it wasn't today's episode that Faye has got a boyfriend called Noah, um, who I don't know whether we'll see or not. But What Craig's, a charming name. Craig is, um, yeah, not... He seems to have a reaction to that. I think he's starting There's to fall back for Faye. blossoming. Which is quite sweet, I think, because... I think it's really it adorable to, to imagine that that young couple who delivered a baby I mean, we all did, those years ago. We did theorise back when Faye gave birth to Miley that this could be leading to something. There's more than just friendship here. But she was too young, wasn't she? Yeah, well... Now she she's 18. Fair game. In Craig's right, okay. eyes, at least. Um, I I just... It really makes me wonder how much Craig... I can't remember what happened. You said that... You said that Anna delivered the baby. I think so. Um, but we know that Craig was with her for quite a lot of the... He's seen it all. I know. It makes me wonder whether he had the hot water in a washcloth. Right, get your, get your pants off. <laughs> um, Tim sees Jeff outside the shop. There's a really great framing of a shot at the end of the episode where Jeff is all alone outside the shop with his yeah. microwave meal, isn't he? Completely abandoned by everybody. Microwave meals are convenient and delicious. Jeff says to Tim, oh, with all these misunderstandings, blah, blah, blah. He tries to go with excuses. <laughs> and Tim's like, no, no not no. having any of this, Dad. You're going to die alone oh. and sad. Oh. Bye. I'm going back to the party. I wish you an unhappy life alone. Basically. Oh, that's just mean. And that's pretty much all that we saw of this storyline <laughs> this week. I re- these two storylines that we put first were definitely my favourites of the week, and I was a little bit disappointed that in both cases they fell off the radar a little bit on Friday. I was hoping mm. that the momentum that had been built it up at the beginning tight. of the week was turn into something big on Friday. But no, all we get to see on Friday was Alia going to. Um, the prison to see Yasmin and tell her about Jeff getting locked into the uh, conservatory, which I did, I did like. This was a bit of a, uh, I didn't pass my driving test fake out from Yasmin because she sits there as Alia tells her that Jeff was all alone while everyone else was having a party and she looks really upset. But then she sort of goes, I thought that was nice. It was it was kind of supposed to show like this is the first time Yasmin has laughed since you know Isn't that funny in the past though? Six like months. the first time she laughs is at somebody's misfortune. Oh, I know yeah, it's, it's at Jeff's misfortune. I know it's deserved, but it's still very vindictive. <laughs> I thought that was a real kind of breakthrough moment for her, like a moment of relief finally mm. there's there's a crack she, it's also she's, like she's he can be defeated mm. you know and we've been told by alia that yasmine is more back to her original self haven't we yeah when she's come back from visiting her sometimes yet when we've seen her visiting her yasmine's still been very Morose. you know yeah you know in, in her shell mm. but this is this is us as a viewer saying no there's there's a light there at the end of the tunnel and it, and it was a little bit cheesy, but... It was very I, cheesy. I couldn't help theatrical. grinning myself as as the smile started to spread across her face. So I, I did enjoy that moment. Um, and then and then this is when Alia goes back to speed down, has another gloat at Jeff. 
despite being told, just leave it, Alia. Just don't talk to him. He's already on the back foot. He doesn't need you to rub it in anymore. He's going to She just wants to have the last word, doesn't she? Oh, she, she's the worst. Yeah, she is the worst. If she was in a World War II film on, like, uh, playing Winston Churchill, this would be the only time people were like, God, Hitler's not too bad. <laughs> I hope he wins. <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he, he doesn't take the bait. Of course, not really everybody. Um, he of course yeah but yeah he he, he leaves Speedar with Alia thinking that she's won right so how did you enjoy this weddingy stuff this week I, I kind of already made my feelings clear that I enjoyed it I thought it was quite sweet I I I just want Sally and Tim to stay yeah, united just shut up about your relationship now I don't care I'll, anymore I will forget about the last three years just of be Tim being married. a massive ass if we can go back to yeah being a a decent one of Corrie's best current couples without yeah. the squabbling without no the fallouts without the tim trying to boss front. sally around yeah being a misogynist pig yeah i will happily accept them as the new best couple of the street but i i just don't know whether i can at least for the time being they've got you know a a cause that mm. they can work together to try and yeah. take down Defeat his horrible him. dad jeff but yeah. i still and i don't think that tim's going to have second thoughts about it no is it but what? it wouldn't surprise me if he does if oh, they want to put it in know. for the drama no did you um did you like you know the general aesthetic of the wedding the the bridesmaids i liked the, the bouquet uh, very nice nice flowers i thought um i liked sally's wedding dress but i think some of the detailing was difficult to show up on camera wasn't it because it had some kind of organza no like a tool overlay mm. um but it was like um a sheath dress with a peplum around the waist, like all white and everything. And she had a nice, like, I think she had some kind of crystally. I thought she looked piece. very nice. Yeah. And the bridesmaids lovely. wore, like, midi length like shirt even. dresses. Yeah, with, like, a pale blue. Mm. I think it's called Air Force Blue. <laughs> I'll trust you on that one. Or something to do with. Anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a sort of a, a baby blue, but slightly darker than baby mm. blue, laced with, like, collared shirts and stuff. Looked amazing. I thought it was all, all very, very tasteful. Very, very and I, tasteful. And I do like the new look bistro. I thought it all looked lovely together. Um, the the one thing that did let it down slightly was what? the lack of the lack of guests and 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 Abby oh, not being well, there was ashamed for the. I know she had a reason for being away, um, but then also Gail not being at the reception because she had to go and move Shona in. Which was weird. The the whole Gale inclusion on Wednesday seemed a, a little bit forced, and that that speech. What? Oh. Gale. It was nice to see her back. I mean, as we've said before, this week was the on mass returning of the over over sixties to Coronation Street, <laughs> wasn't it? We had Roy, we had Evelyn, we had Gale. It's um, a pensioners invasion. It really, really was. But uh, they're Gale, not pensioners, Michael. Gale, How dare you? Gail just seemed like the writers were saying, Wooey, do you remember? These two used to be friends. They have scenes together once or twice a year. They're the best friends Coronation Street's ever had. And I was thinking, watching it, no, I, I don't believe it. They're I know, wheeling when, her out. When Gail was like, oh, you know, I always call Tim Yoko Ono because she split us up, he split us up. It's like, no, he didn't. Mm. It, you, you never even have anything to do with Tim and Sally. You, you don't even have a cat girl. You never even talk to Sally, let alone Tim. I just didn't, I didn't believe it. It felt forced. I want them to be friends. They have been friends in the past. Coronation Street does seem not. to think as though you can say somebody 
is super super close and good friends but never show it and it's the same thing yeah, and it takes more than just with, writing with a weird speechy poem thing gail to show your friendship and and and, and i kind of liked it but in the back of my head i was thinking oh, this isn't making gail look good again it's the same gail that i've been moaning about for the past few years buffoon gail she kind of was out in full force this week wasn't she she didn't even what was it that she didn't know what it was today she didn't know who somebody was that was really obvious. Oh, yeah. Oh, Garfield. Oh, yeah, she didn't know who Garfield Everyone was Everyone knows today. who Garfield I was. Like... I, would be, I would not be surprised if David didn't know who Garfield was. But Gail's been around. For a while, let's just say. So, so when she arrived back, because she was back again, wasn't she, on Monday... Nobody remarked upon this, but she clearly has been away from the street because Who, she's had a lobotomy. That lobotomy has happened a long time ago. Uh, well, they it didn't take properly, and they did it again. Yeah, I just I I, I don't like saying this about Gail, but they just they they just made her an idiot, a real <laughs> simpering buffoonish idiot, and <laughs> and they were going that way with Deirdre, you... God rest her soul, but. She was never as bad as as Gail has got now, and Sally has also been veering towards the ridiculous at points. But they've they're really, not very good they've with really made women. a comeback with her. No, they, they have. They're, they're not. They they can do old ladies because they're either wise or or mean. Mm. But when you get to be a middle aged woman on Coronation Street, you better watch out because they'll just turn you into a moron. Sally's got the right balance of comedy and being a bit silly and simple sometimes but also she's had enough serious stories so that she's not like that all the time and I'm, I'm sorry but Gail is just like I mean when she came out of the shower in today's episode and, and Aaron was, was standing there it kind of it is in small doses but <laughs> when that's all the character is I just I, it I also really couldn't believe the cheek of the woman the wrong way. to be having a go at Shona for not knowing what things are What's your excuse, Gail? She got <laughs> shot in the head. <laughs> um, so, what else have we got to say about this? Um, get, Jeff getting locked in the conservatory. I, even though it was reusing the thing that they had with with Tracy and Jenny, I thought I did enjoy that twist. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know whether Jeff would try and ruin the wedding or everything. And, and um, I, I I loved Abby having yet another moment of triumph. But I was wondering, is Jeff going to go? You know, totally, you know, Terminator about this and break his way out. Yeah. That wouldn't that have been amazing if Jeff had literally broken out of the conservatory. He could have done. He well, could have picked something up and shoved it. I, I, I don't, don't think know you how, can break how tough is conservatory glass. <laughs> He'd have been able to. I don't think you. I don't think people. Are, I don't know. I've never tried. If he'd really, really wanted to get, I, I, I reckon he could have done. Um, but no, he was just there banging at the. Uh, if he was locked in our show, banging at the door, he should have jiggled it, shouldn't he? So the door handle. Jeff. Um, um, I. Yeah, if he was locked in our shed, he would merely have to push. He'd just have to blow on hard. the door, and the whole thing would have collapsed probably. Um, I, I, I did make me think though. Yes. Why did he want to go to the wedding? Did he want to up, ruin Michael. it? No, he wants to ingratiate himself back into the family. Because mm. he needs someone on his side. He needs somebody in his corner. He hasn't got anybody. I don't. I. Don't, I mean, he must thrive on manipulating people and and. 
He's he's a he bit wants power over people. And he doesn't have anyone to have power over. He, he he needs to give up. I mean, the family have been turned against him now for what three, four, five weeks maybe, and it, they're not looking like they're no. willing to give him an inch at all. I mean, so what turning up doing? at the wedding. I mean, I, I I there's no way it could have worked. I think he's just getting really really desperate at this point. But equally at the same time, I do feel like he has got some love for Tim and. I'm ever so slightly sympathetic and thinking, oh, he's missed, he's missed his son's wedding. Oh, I, I mean, do feel sympathetic for him. He, 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 he missed his first wedding to Sally. I don't yeah. know what the excuse so there was, there. that Jeff around, wasn't right? at, at Sally and Tim's first wedding. Um, yeah, it must... can't feel too bad for him because um, he can just go off and whatever he was doing for the however many years he hasn't seen Tim... Before he go came back, back on the show, that. go and do whatever that was. He had, he must have had friends and people to talk to. Yeah, I, I don't know, but um, I, uh, are you glad? Would Would you rather he had got out and, you know, made a mess of the wedding, or are you glad that would that have been better drama, or was it, was it more I satisfying? This was because what it happened? wasn't high stakes. Mm. We didn't need it to turn into a catastrophe. We didn't need him to break out like the Hulk and ruin everything or, or like fight with Abby or get Abby arrested. I don't know whether the police will come back at a later date and go, we've had a think about it and we think you might be lying. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing with Abby. I love her when she's doing stuff like this. But like the last time it happened, when she blew up Ray's car, which was an amazing <laughs> moment of yeah. triumph towards the beginning of the year, then we had to deal with all the fallout of it, with all the police are coming around and now Ray's blackmailing yeah. her. It's and like, it's like, no, I, didn't, I don't need that. I just want Abby to have a carte blanche to get away no. with anything. And when the police turned up at yeah. the wedding on Wednesday, I was like, oh no, I don't, I don't need to see Abby being arrested and taken to the police station and being interviewed and then Jeff gloating. So I, I liked, as wrong as it was, as a, a morally outstanding citizen as I am, I liked uh-huh. it when everybody rallied round Abby and said, oh no, she, she couldn't have done that because that she was nice. there. That um, was a really good sort of, um, just a very quick underlining of everybody is on the same page here everyone's united against jeff Mm. he has no allies or friends and hopefully it was enough to stop if they hadn't done it maybe people would have been saying hang on a minute why doesn't jeff just go and report abby because he's shown in the past that he's perfectly willing to go to the police station and try and tell tell on whoever it is that he thinks is doing him wrong what do you mean he thinks Whenever he's got done, whenever he's done that though, he's been right. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but hopefully that's that's the end of it. Although the fact that Craig was kind of involved in the cover up does make me think: oh, is is this going to come back? Because Craig, the the local bent cop from Coronation Street, is just too nice to play by the rules if it means that it's inconveniencing his friends and neighbours. I don't know. But when when Craig's mate, police um, officer, was there, I think Craig didn't know exactly what had happened but now he kind of does is it going to eat away at him or i don't know but i i kind of think it's sort of funny that he's now a complication in some of these storylines where he's like you guys can't be telling me that you that you're lying to the police don't like sort your alibis out in front of me (laughs) if you're gonna do it at least have he needs to to stop taking calls for coronation street he's been arresting people left right and center this week or telling eileen that she's got a body to identify he hasn't gone within like 
20 metres of his house. He hasn't gone beyond it no. in about... Uh, I don't know how he's managed to lose all that weight. No, he's not allowed to leave. <laughs> um, but I suppose that there is also the now added complication of him and Faye, and maybe there's going to be a bit of tension there, like, I'm covering for you, Faye, and I may be going to get in trouble because of it, so maybe he is going to tell his superiors, no, I know that Abby was actually there trapping this Jeff. And, with now. I, I hope it is. But what what do you think about the... Do, do you think that Faye and Craig... Maybe going somewhere. I don't want or them she to. Gonna... What do you think? I I don't know whether I'd mind actually. Oh, I, I think that they to. could be quite good together. Oh. I don't know at the moment who else would be as suitable for Craig as Faye, and it feels like we've had to wait for this. And it's not exactly. It's no, you know, Curly and Raquel, and eventually, after all these years, finally these lovers are, are have come together. But oh, they've, maybe, they've got maybe history. Old... Okay. And I, I wouldn't mind it. Honestly, <laughs> I would not mind it. <laughs> I wouldn't mind it. Um, anything else to add to the story, Gemma? Or are you just about <sighs> done with this one? Um, I can't think of anything to add. I, I, I thought it was great stuff. But it's just, as I said, a shame we didn't get any more of it on Friday. We well, got a apart bit from of the... Nina, didn't we? Oh, yeah, we had Nina wanting to get married in a crypt with dead bodies, but not fresh ones. Yeah, you don't want rotting corpses. You want them pre-rotted corpses. <laughs> Gemma, for your the time has at last come to come to the biggest talking point probably of the week. Nina's, uh, I want to see Nina's Pinterest wedding inspiration board. Everyone else's is like wedding rings and different colour schemes and peonies and uh, uh, veils. And hers are like dead, like crime scene photos. <laughs> 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 you want me to do... I would love you to talk about the Todd story Totally different now. (laughs) On Monday, Paul is off training again for his helpline um, volunteer work. Billy is concerned and thinks that he needs protecting because that's all he knows what to do. Uh, He shares his worries with David and says, I think it will be good for Paul Paul to talk to other people who have problems and I'm shout so, about his own. I'm so over this story of Paul being involved in a outline and we're only about two episodes into it. I, I, I couldn't care less about this, honestly. I don't know that it's ever a good idea to work through your trauma by talking to other people who have different trauma, <laughs> but I'm not qualified to really have an opinion, am I? That's the, that should be the motto of, motto of this podcast. <laughs> I'm not really qualified to have an opinion on this, but anyway, listen, listen to it. Um, Billy, um, well, yeah, he, David's like, fight, don't worry about it. Eileen comes back, hooray! Blows a raspberry at the uh, taxi driver for some reason. I can't remember why. Um, she pulls a mask down to do it. Paul returns after a hard day role-playing with a scenario that was a bit close to the bone. Um, he says maybe it's a bit too soon, but he's like, oh, you're so brave and clever and brilliant and doing good works. And then Polly's like thinking, but I do it every day and I get paid for it. So you're just <laughs> literally an amateur. Um, Eileen summons Billy and he tells everything. He says, says right, OK, we've got to confess that um, Todd's back. We thought he died in a in a canal. He left his bag in Victoria Gardens. Um, she's like, why haven't you told me? Before now, what should we do? Well, let's find out what they do for the rest of the week. Continue. On Wednesday, um, they decide that they're going to do an appeal on the radio to find Todd. And she's like, oh, I don't know if we should. And Mary's like, yeah, I definitely should. <sighs> George, the... Undertaker. Yeah, 
Archie Shuttleworth's son, George, turns up at the door. He's like, oh, Mary's Mary's here. I know that Mary's here. I've got some kind of creepy tracker on her or something. He wants to I get need flowers, roses doesn't he? For, for a last-minute funeral. Don't, don't ask. They're I very tragic, get, those last-minute funerals. They, they need to do something with George, because this week he had a scene where he's like, hello, I'm George, remember me, everybody? Anyway, that's it for this week. And it was the same last week. And was it Monday last week he turns up at the florist and saying, hello, it's me, George. I'm not really doing anything, but I'm just showing my face. I need to I need to learn more about him. I, I'm I'm very much willing to like George. I think I'm going to like him, but we're now his third week in the show and he's only made very, very sporadic appearances. Come on, let's get let's get something going on with this. Although I guess and I'm just thinking out loud here, if Todd's um storyline or Todd's plan, sorry, goes ahead and he's faking his own death, then George could certainly have something to do with this funeral, couldn't he? Oh. that's how he's going to get him to it do a fake funeral well I hope it's a fake funeral and it's able to save some costs somewhere because I feel sorry for Eileen if she has to shell out a, 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 a full, a, a full whack funeral, for yeah. a funeral just to go uh, you know so that Todd can cover his tracks but I, but I get ahead of myself ask Gemma, carry Nina on. if she knows where to get any corpses from <laughs> they've already got a corpse that's not a problem <laughs> um Mary goes off with George and Eileen goes off to do the radio show. Sean interrupts some shady geezer who's broken into the house and he's nicking things. Yeah, we see um we see a guy in a in a shady hoodie, don't we? Oh. We know who it is. Eileen, Billy and Emma go to the Rovers together. The radio show went well and now they just have to wait for all the tips to come rolling in. When they Get back to Eileen's house, they're like, oh no, someone broke in. Oh, how horrible. The intruder took some money and also Sean's key under the plant pot. Then Eileen and Mary hear some some kerfuffle outside later on. So they go outside, nobody's there. But Eileen finds a note folded up. A secret message. I don't think we get to find out on Wednesday what the note says, but we, we see it we on see Friday. We see it on Monday. Tell you what, there's a spate of break-ins around the back of there at the moment, isn't there? There was Maybe. that house on on uh, on Wednesday, and then on Friday, devs get raided by some yeah. mysterious anonymous chavs. Maybe it was maybe it was um, Todd again. May or oh, maybe it's Ray. Trying to lower the property prices. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. On Friday, um, Mary's like, I don't understand why anyone would break in and not take this beautiful vase that Mother had had inherited from somebody who had to carry it across Czechoslovakia. <laughs> um, it, it really doesn't make any sense. Eileen <laughs> keeps quiet and doesn't say anything, neither to Mary or Sean, but she's read the note. She helpfully holds it up to us to see. It says, come and meet me at the old cotton warehouse on Gas Street. <laughs> or alternatively, I'll see you in the car park outside the Tony Warren building. Yeah, yeah they, <laughs> they did. They, they've managed to find a bit of car park that is neither Freshgo's car park nor Weatherfield General, do yeah, they? Yeah, and they've got some big um, trucks and trailers out there, haven't they? Yeah. Um, Craig comes and says... Um, Craig's really I don't know what they taught him at training school but it certainly wasn't how to get somebody to come to the police station to identify a body because she thinks she's being arrested to begin with yeah he says um come to the station because we've got to, we've got you to look at a body I don't know why they've got a body at the police station but never mind um 
Is it a toddy body? We don't know. That's what we're supposed to think, isn't it? Eileen's obviously... She, she must have been on the list. Every time a body is found, Craig goes round there and says... Well, he basically says Do you to want her, to see if this one is Todd? I, I know what Todd looks think... like myself. Yeah. And it's not him, but... Oh, it could be We've so... got to come and have a look. Yeah. Come and look at this. Eileen's going to go there on Monday and identify the body and say, yes, it's him. And Craig will be like, no, it isn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so Craig does say something to her along the lines of... Um, Oh, now you now you've said that Craig's missing, uh, that Todd's missing. Every time we find a body, you've got to come and have a look at it. Yeah, I don't think that's true. Well, it's otherwise there'd be there's thousands of missing. Well, people. Well, if you were to believe what's been going on, you know, Sean and uh, Billy with the app recently, it this seems like, like somebody pulled out of the canal. A serial every other day, ro- roaming the streets of Weatherfield, just just killing random men all day long, every day. Yeah, because so many bodies have turned up. Since Todd first appeared on, or like, send that letter mm. all those weeks ago, um, I'm surprised they're all still alive, really. <laughs> um, it needs identifying. Uh, I was like, oh, I can't do it now. Like, it's some kind of chore. Oh, I'll do it later. <laughs> <laughs> Need to go to the old cotton mill at Gas uh, Street. You know how it is, Craig. Yeah. Um, Lenny is looking for Billy. He is the PI. That everybody, he's the, the he's friendly neighbourhood He's the character that whenever PI. they come in, they're like, who's that again? Oh, it's him. Is he still in it? Yeah. I thought he was just a one-off character. No, I'm the PI for everybody. He says, I can't do the job anymore. It's not worth it. So they go. We don't go any, get any further than that with this, like, do we? I think it's implied that there is heat involved. Yeah. It's too dangerous. They should have had him limping out of the shot just to make it really obvious <laughs> yeah. that somebody's been roughing him up. So Eileen goes outside to the car park um to find what's going on sean and mary are baffled about what's going on and they don't know where eileen is and sean tries to contact her and leaves a message i mean eileen just seems to be walking around with her nose in the air completely not really looking out anywhere because todd turns up behind her he's very sneaky he is very sneaky um he's like he takes his hood off dramatically and and just so that we know that this is t- supposed to be Todd, Eileen looks at him and goes, Todd? This is how you do it, everybody. When the character gets recast, yeah. literally within seconds of them child. making their first... No, even if it's a child. Even oh, okay. if it's a child. We've had it with Ardy recently. Right. Ardy. Within seconds of them revealing their face to camera, somebody has to gasp and say their name, just <laughs> so that it's blatantly clear, yes, this is that character. Yeah. He says, yes, mother, it is I, Todd. My face, Your brainy son. My face is the same it is always has been. <laughs> you may refer to photos in your house for further yeah, information. They've changed all the photos, haven't they? They've yeah. taken out all the Bruno Langley pictures and replaced it with Gareth Pierce, or they've done some photoshopping yeah. or something. It's very. They if don't even usually do that because there's pictures of Zena in, in, uh, in the Allahans house. I'm sure <laughs> they haven't all been replaced with Adam's pictures. I think if you're if you're a budding actor or actress. What you should be doing now is is getting lots of photos of yourself at various ages in front of plain backgrounds or maybe even green screen with your arm just sort of held up like you somebody can be inserted there or various different expressions. Yeah, it comes Make sure in you wear something blank, something very plain that they can Photoshop anything on top of. 
that's what you should be doing. So, yes, Todd is back. Todd is back, everybody, but not as we know him. No, it's a different actor. Life three years away from Weatherfield on the run from the police has changed him. <laughs> in more ways than one. Yeah. So, okay, he's there. It's he, it reminded, tell you what it reminded me of when he revealed himself. Do you remember the um, the little short they did on BBC One when Jodie Whittaker was revealed as the new doctor oh, yeah. and she's walking through the forest with her hoodie up yeah. and it's like, oh, here's the new doctor. Who and all the rumours were that it was going to be a woman and then she, she takes her hood off and it's like, well, um, it's me, Jodie Whittaker. This is, what, this is what this reminded me of. <laughs> yes. So... They're talking, and then suddenly a gangster man pops up, and he looks like a gangster Viking to Mick me. Mick the gangster. He says, oi, oi. <laughs> Todd's like, oh, no. Todd says, gulp. Yeah, he does. He might as well have done. He might as well have gone, yoinks. Row, row, row. Row, Rich Ricky. <laughs> Mick's like, come with me. Todd's like, no, I'm worried. I don't want to. Leave my mum alone. And Arnie's like, who said anything about me being in danger? Is you, is He's, Todd is probably care. worried that Eileen would bloody fall in love with Mickey, the track record she's had with with wrong-uns. Yeah. <laughs> Are you suspected of being a sex trafficker? Because she really <laughs> likes that. <laughs> That's why she went off Jan he's in the a, end. He's a gank. <laughs> right, she found out that he was normal. Oh, Jan, he's <laughs> oh, been no, gone over a back. year now. Bring him back. Oh, man, Jan, please. Oh, I, I would love to see Jan face off with Todd. Jan for the 60th. Yes. Yes, Jan versus Todd. Brilliant. That would be amazing. Oh, yeah. anyway. Right, so anyway, uh, Todd's like, leave my mum alone. Oh, no, he's evil. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, I'm scared. And then... Well, did Mick get a phone call in the middle of this or something? He turns his back on everybody and then Todd picks up a giant bit of wood and hits him on the head with it and they run off. They They want to run away and in the middle of this, Ali gets a phone call and just stops dead and goes, hang on, someone's ringing me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, put the phone down, you crazy woman. We're on the run. They find a secret corner and he and um, they're out of danger at this point. They basically stay in this secret corner for the rest of the episode, don't they? And the camera's very, Mixed. very close on them yeah. so that we can't tell where the secret corner is. Because if it was to zoom out ever so slightly, you'd start to see some recognisable surroundings, Probably, I think. Yeah. Or just the edge of the set. Yeah. Um, so, so even though they're on the run from Mick the Gangster, they're like, oh, anyway, how's Summer and Billy? I feel really bad about the fact that I haven't said anything to anybody all this time, but, uh, you know, last time I was in the show, I got fired, so I couldn't be in it for three years. Uh, I do want to put them in danger, he says. Eileen says, oh dear, you're not doing very well for yourself, are you, son? You're supposed to be a, a solicitor. Obviously, he's lost his licence, I assume. Um, I can't believe how far you've fallen. You need to be using your brain, not looking for shortcuts. But I need to point out to you, Elaine, Eileen, that the smartest people are the laziest people because they look for all the shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Why work hard when you can hardly work? <laughs> <laughs> he's basically saying that he's like some kind of assistant, like a legal assistant for criminals. Did I'm, I get that I right? Maybe. So she's, um, he says, I need your help. I I stole off Mick. So Mick is, is is it definitely? This is Mick. So he's like the kingpin, isn't he? Yes, he's the head gangster. I thought, why don't he send his henchmen then? It's like, it's a pandemic. I'm not sending my henchmen out to have them risk their lives. 
I'll take. I'll. I'll do it myself. I bet he wishes that he had once he got that pain well, around the head. Well, he says, oh, I need your help. I stole off Mick and now he wants me dead. I think it's also probably that he, he, you hit him over the head with a plank of wood. And now he wants you doubly dead probably now. really mad He's now. Fuming. He probably just wanted to negotiate repayment terms on a, on a fairly reasonable schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Eileen phones Sean and says, oh, I've got a headache. And Sean's like, yeah, there's excuses Not as bad as Mick's. <laughs> <laughs> Todd says, oh, I just wanted to protect you and warn you about, about Mick and... Um, I was worried because I heard the, you talking about me on the radio and I didn't want you to get attention. I don't know what to do. I didn't... Uh, give me money. <laughs> so she, That's what it boils down yeah. to. Aline gives him money. He says, oh, I don't know when I'll be back. I'm so sorry. And she says, look... Um, well, she, she moans to him about how much trouble everything is and says, I've got to go and identify some poor soul's body tomorrow because I can't tell anybody that you're... That I know you're around, and Todd goes brilliant. What a fantastic idea! Why don't you go and identify this body and say it's me, and then everyone will think I'm dead and I can escape, and I don't have to worry about Mick anymore. It's a, it's a flawless idea. It's Mom. foolproof. I can't believe what a great opportunity. The ultimate this is. soap plan. So is Eileen going to go along with this plan? I say absolutely she will. Should she go along with this plan? Maybe not. Would Eileen normally go along with this plan? Again, I'm saying not. But the fact that the idea has been put out there makes me think, yes, they're absolutely definitely going to go through with this. And we're going to be seeing, you know, Todd's funeral coming up pretty quickly. I don't think this would work. What? (laughs) No, even in a soap, I don't. I, I don't. Honestly, I think Eileen would not do this to somebody's family because that's someone's that's someone else's son who they're looking for i would hope and if she identifies him then that person is going to well she said that didn't she closure. i think that, i think she'd feel too too guilty once... i think she would probably i think she'd probably do it anyway regret it the thing is she's been away from todd for three years and she's gonna want to bend over backwards to try and Why? keep him in her life somehow no and I... if she says no i'm not going to go along with your plan sorry mate you're on your own then she risks losing him for good the thing is though before this week if she had seen the body she could have said it was todd could have been Todd. Don't know what he looks like anymore, to be honest. If I was Todd, I would have waited until after I'd faked my funeral to change my face. <laughs> yeah. Because Mick already knows what you look like at the moment. You look yeah, like Gareth Pierce. And if you show up again after the funeral's yeah. taken place, then Mick's going to know gonna it's you. He's going to give the game away, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you don't get your timing right there. The thing is, though, you, you gave me a good idea about doing a fake funeral. They don't actually have to have that body... They don't even have to have a body at all. If you, you're talking about, um, what's the name of the character? George doing a fake funeral. Yes. It would be a real funeral if you had a real body in there. And that's just horrible. I don't think people would do that. But they've got that, haven't they? They have got a body just waiting they to be buried. They haven't got a body. They have got a body. It's in the police station. Eileen's going to say, that's, it's not that's their my body. son. Can I have it, please? It's not their body. There's no way that, that George would fake a funeral or do a real funeral for somebody he knows is not really the but person he says he is. He doesn't know what Todd well, looks like. Yeah, but if they told him they're faking this funeral, then he would know, wouldn't but they? But why would they? To get I... a discount. <laughs> Otherwise, they're oh, going to yeah. have to pay for it. Okay. 
funerals cost like six grand or something, don't they? Really expensive. I wouldn't pay six grand for my fake son to fake his own death. Okay, so I think... So think about it, though. She could just say to George, she don't need the body at all. Just say to George, look, mate, can you do... Have you got a coffin, like a display, ex-display model or something that you're not using at the moment? Mary do the flowers. Let's get, a, let's get a hearse down the road, drive it off somewhere. And Mick's going to see the, see the hearse and go, oh, he's dead then. He's not going to follow it and go, well, better make sure they bury him. <laughs> Otherwise, he could jump out and escape. If you don't see him going into the ground... He's not really You're just dead. asking for trouble if he springs out of you. Yes, exactly. It's like, it's like a Bond villain leaving James Bond alone in a room. With it's it's Dr. Evil, isn't it? I'm just going to assume that my plan goes... It's <laughs> a plan. Lower I'm the slower gonna... dipping mechanism. <laughs> I'm just going to assume this funeral will go off without a hitch, and by hitch I mean the person who's dead coming back to life. <laughs> it's a fair assumption to make. Yeah. So with this fake funeral, we're going to have the police saying, we've still got the body. Do you, do you want this? I think she'll go and see, just, see like, the body in, and just go... Just check her in the canal. Don't, and if he comes out again, just push him back in again. It's fine. I think she's going to go look at the body, going, yeah, I'll say, I'll say it's Todd. And then she looks and she sees it's some poor, poor man who is the same age as her son mm. and go, I just can't do it. I can't do it. And then she'll go back and go, look, Todd, we don't need a dead body to have a funeral. <laughs> I think, well, it's a bit silly, isn't it? People would ask too many questions. What do you mean? If... If what? What So, Craig... Craig. Is he going to be in on this fake funeral? Because if he finds out that the body isn't actually Todd, but then, coincidentally, Todd has a funeral the next day, he's going to start to smell a rat. And I know that he's... But they're not... They're all they're trying... The only person they're trying to trick is Mick, and he hasn't been in the show... Before so today. I, what Eileen needs to do is hold a, a community meeting yeah, go at the community centre or at two metre distance from this each other. Right? Everybody pretend that Todd's dead. Just for your appearance's sake. And if anyone asks you, if it's one of us that asks you, it's fine. We can say, of course, he's not dead. But if anyone slightly dodgy asks, definitely, definitely dead. And please remember that when you say R.O.P. Todd, don't wink at each other. <laughs> 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 not even if you think you're just winking to the camera and the person who you is, <laughs> don't can't have a conversation you, about a it in front of a corner of a street don't go near the ginnel and talk about it loudly because he'll probably be lurking there the it's the thing is it's not exactly it's, it's not a waterproof plan a watertight plan sorry <laughs> it's waterproof <laughs> unlike unlike the dead body they fished out of the canal <laughs> um yeah to- and, and Todd, but Michael, I can assume now, is going to be hanging around for a little bit. So yeah. even if they go ahead with this fake they funeral, only need to it's not going to work. It makes more sense to do that than it, makes, than it does for Eileen to go, oh yeah, that's definitely Todd. He's dead. Oh, I'm so sad. But are they going to fool Mick and then he's going to be like, right, I never need to visit this street ever again. Why would you? If someone's died, if someone dies, you don't go, oh yeah, I better go just and check to make sure they're not, they didn't fake their own death. Well, I don't know. I, mean, I'm, I was wondering at some point today whether Gangster Mick and Ray might be in cahoots somehow as part of Weatherfield's criminal underworld. Listen, no matter... Well, it could be. But no matter what happens, whether they have a fake funeral or Eileen says this body is definitely Todd's or whatever, it, that's not going to be the end of the story anyway, so it doesn't make any difference what the plan is, really. Uh, okay. Mick, they didn't just introduce this whole storyline and concept of the fact that... Todd is on the run from gangsters so that they could have 
like a two episode story about him faking his own death and then it never gets mentioned again mm-hmm. and Mick never comes back. I think Mick's it... going to be chasing Todd around for at least a couple of weeks, surely. Oh, I guess, I guess. I can't believe he just hit as, him with a plank of wood. As silly as the story is, I am kind of looking forward to seeing Eileen having to cringe when all the the you know the well wishers are saying oh i'm so sorry well, for your loss like we don't know if this is even gonna happen like if it is i'm assuming it is because the idea has been put out there like to have gail have to say oh eileen i know we've not seen eye to eye but i'm really sorry and i know what i've said about todd in the past I well feel the really, fact that todd was I involved really... in a, a scam that that robbed everybody of their savings yeah and also because i don't think that the whole streets are going to be in on this who is going to be told i assume I mean, it, it, Eileen's going to have to tell Billy and Sean and Mary, the people that are close to Todd, that Todd's not actually dead. She can't no, make yeah. them think, no, no. especially Summer, yeah. that Todd's actually dead. Can you imagine B- uh, Billy's dilemma he'll have? Mm. No, listen, Eileen says, Todd, um, Billy, oh, I'm so sorry I've got to tell you this, but Todd's come back and he's in, he's in peril. And Billy will go, oh, but Paul's in peril too. Who do I help? I, oh, now a fancy Billy, a fancy Todd now. <laughs> oh, it's so sexy when a man's in danger. <laughs> oh, let me protect him. He is, will, will Billy have to <laughs> do the funeral? <gasps> that would be brilliant! He, I don't... It all seemed a bit silly. It could, it could go well. It could be entertaining. Well, well, I don't know why we've decided there's definitely going to be a funeral. I just think that the fact that the idea the fact that has they've been put introduced there, a, a funeral it, director to, well, the, yeah. to the street, um, and also and also if, uh, not only a funeral director, but a funeral director that's hanging around the characters yeah, that are also yeah. involved in this. But he's story. in their bubble. Yeah, he totally is. <laughs> um, so just imagine uh, at the funeral tea, and everyone's saying, "Oh, Eileen, I'm so sorry." Oh God, what did Jason say? And she's like, "Yes." Jason sends his best wishes. Luckily for her, nobody ever turns up for funerals or weddings once they've left the show. Otherwise, it would be very suspicious he wasn't there. So they're going to have to tell Jason because surely somebody would text Jason. Sorry in about your brother, frowny face, frowny yeah. face. I'm also face. worried about like Sarah Louise, and I know that. Why are you, you know, worried? I'm worried about what she would think to, to 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 hear that Todd's dead because I know. I mean, that they used to be pretty close. Didn't she's going to come in. She's going to come in from the door, like crying, going, "Eileen's just told me Todd's dead," but then she winked at me, and I don't <laughs> what know this what mean? it means. <laughs> yeah, well, she, is... she told me she's she she turned up with carol singers on um on a tape deck, and she held up lots of placards, and one of them said, "I'm lying," and one of them <laughs> said, "Don't worry," and another one said, "Todd is still alive," but she told me he died. I think maybe. Eileen should come up with a better plan. For the moment, I can totally You're see why she's going along with Todd. for a plan Todd. that we've just come up with. It's, no, Todd came up with this plan. I think that she's going to go through with it because she wants to stay on Todd's good side. What But idea? I think that in the... Which, which, faking his death. Right, just faking his death in general. Yeah. Okay. But... Re- well, yeah, he but was they, they dead to everybody five minutes ago anyway. I don't know what difference this makes. Oh, I don't know. It's sad. Anyway, look. We, 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 they surely wouldn't even mention it. We're further enough into this. If they're this... not going to have a fake funeral, there's no reason to mention it at all. He's going to have his name. But they've got to I mean, publicise it somehow because there's, oh, yeah, there's no point faking somebody's death <laughs> if the <laughs> person they're trying... Oh, yeah, 
I faked my death once uh, nobody seemed to care. <laughs> right. What do we think of the new Todd? It's okay. been long enough into this story to give our reactions. Yeah. No, what are well, our no, first I don't think impressions it's been of long new enough. Todd? Or grim impressions, as he is grim a grim show. yeah. Were they grim? <sighs> well, listen. Oh, it's hard, said, isn't it? You said... It's been long enough into this story now. No, it's to... long enough that we've been talking about this and, we, that, and we've my been point skirting is, around the issue. My, I haven't. My point is, I can't, I really don't feel like I can judge him at all from this. Then nothing about this story gave him an opportunity to demonstrate anything to me about whether he is a good Todd or not. Honestly, I didn't get any Todd vibes off of him at all. I have. It kind of felt to me like it is like Eileen's other son, who she also called Todd. <laughs> it was a bit like that. I, I, I am. Um, it depends. I am on totally what... willing to, yeah, to try and accept him, which is a big step forward from me. Oh, for God's six sake! Six months so... ago. Oh, how nice of you, Your Royal Highness. I still think that he's one of these characters that is going to be massively, massively difficult to recast because Bruno Langley was so charismatic and charming. But also a, a cad. In, in, in this role, he played the role of Ted... Fan- Ted, Ted Fancier. <laughs> Todd, brilliantly. He was yeah. one of the best. Look, we don't want to... Talk no, about, I'm Bruno not talking about Bruno Langley. Talking about Bruno Langley and why and he's not no, doing exactly, it anymore. No, exactly. No, but we uh, just I know people get annoyed when you talk about somebody and divorce their, out you know, work from their behaviour. I know that it's problematic to to separate them, but for the purposes of this podcast. We have to do that because otherwise we just spend every single episode talking about Bruno Langley. Todd, Bruno Langley, whatever, was one of my favourite male characters slash actors in the show yeah. when he was in it. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately For me now. And I said time and time again, I cannot really accept a recasting good. of him. And now Character. we find out that there is a recasting of him. But I, I am willing will to give him another go. But it's so difficult. By talking about and it I was happening. I was watching him tonight thinking, Oh, that's just not Todd. And Gareth Pierce <laughs> has said in interviews, as have others, that other characters, other actors have replaced long standing characters and gone on and we've kind of forgotten about it and accepted it. For example, Kate Ford and Ben Price are the two yeah. names that get brought up the most, aren't they? Yeah. They're the best, the most um well accepted um recasts that there've been. There were an mm-hmm. I mean, I can't remember. Dawn Acton had been away from the show for maybe a little bit longer, although she'd made, you know, the odd appearance since the mid-90s. Um, I don't know enough about Dawn Acton and and Tracy being recast to have an opinion about this. The, the, uh, watching, watching the old ITV3 episodes, I really do think that Dawn Acton was pretty good and she, maybe she could have been good too if they just kept her on. I think Kate Ford is wonderful as well, but... I think because I, I think anyone else being think Dawn, Tracy Dawn Acton, no Dawn Acton had only been Tracy Barlow for f- five six years or so not That's as hardly long as Todd. any time at all and then when Nick Ben Price came in he was replacing Adam Rickett who was certainly very um, famous yeah and and, and people he he was uh, I, I can't think of the right word popular no hated <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, I don't know what you mean hunky. Good looking. I don't even know anymore. Floppy I mean. head. <laughs> Smaller. People said he that, that Ben Price is very different to him. And that's not Nick. But he certainly 
I, I don't think people were going, oh, but I love Adam Rickett's portrayal of Nick so much. I just want to cling on to that. No. Like we are with Bruno Langley's portrayal of Todd. So he has got, I think, Gareth really Pierce has got job. a harder job than both Kate and yeah, Ben did. I see what you're saying. In, mm. in, in, in making us accept this nobody was so Nobody was so invested in Adam Rickett as Nick that they immediately went, oh, hmm. No, they went, well, oh, he looks a bit different. Maybe they were. He's a bit older. And we don't know them. But I can imagine some girly fans who have oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Adam Rickett magazine yeah, yeah. posters on I've their Having the, the topless torso of the week from Heat magazine <sighs> up on their wall, definitely. But, but, but th- this is different. And, and seeing this new guy as Todd today, yes. I was going, no, no, that's not Todd. Yes. But also I was... It wasn't just the fact that he doesn't look like him. I, I think I said in the Cameron Extra when it was announced that he was coming in, like, that's probably one of the least important things for me because even if they got somebody who looks quite like him, in the back of my head, I'd be still saying, that's Ooh, not it's, him. It's, so it doesn't make I, any difference to me particularly. Yeah. If, you're gonna, if you've got to recast, I don't care if it looks like him or not really. Um, no. it's, it's the fact he, he wasn't acting to me like Todd. Todd, Todd has yeah. got the charm and the charisma and the, really the cockiness. Yeah, and, and confident. Yeah, and and this Todd didn't. He looked worried. more desperate and worried and, and weak. And yes, he's been away for three years and that changes somebody and he's on the, living in a he's on the run from gangsters, so maybe he would act like this. But I, I feel I know what that you mean. if this was... This was old Todd coming back after a three-month break and he's on the run from gangsters. I don't think he would be looking quite so vulnerable. shifty and helpless and vulnerable as, I as think this, this would have been an easy buy if we had had Bruno Langley as Todd coming back and acting like this. We would have gone, oh my God, this is really shocking. Todd's definitely in danger because he never would act like this normally. The stakes must be very high. Mm. But because it's a different actor, because we've got Gareth Pierce playing it, we're immediately going, oh, they're not writing like they used to for Todd. And his performance is not the same as as it was before. This feels like a completely different character. It's Mm. so much easier to to accept someone as a new as a recast if their character's consistent with how it used to be. And I understand that they, they needed to have him like act like this to make the story, you know, feel um, important, but it did. It's not a great way to introduce this character, to be honest. Because I, we we should have seen him, like you say, confident, cocky, arrogant, in it for myself only. Todd, not Todd going. Oh, I'm really worried. Don't hurt my mum. I can't imagine Todd ever saying that. No, I mean Todd. Todd was a bit of a mummy's boy, yeah, particularly when I, he was no, younger. I definitely but... think he would want to protect his mum, but I also think that he would have had a better plan than I'll hit him with a piece of wood and run away. Like he would have, he would have like tricked the man somehow and made Eileen think that he was throwing her under the bus. But actually, we would find out it was a clever ruse mm. to get them from away from this I situation. Mean, that, and he actually had a really great plan. There have been times when Todd was actively antagonistic where his mum was concerned. He, he, they For do it, have like, a kind of like Gail and, and David relationships. I mean, there was that there was that story. Do you remember when Todd was pretending to be? Um, or Eileen was talking to Todd online on a dating app or yes, something, that's and right. she didn't realise that it was him, and he was trying to trick her. And I think yes. that was because her negligence had led to this scar appearing on his face because 
really says it doesn't really matter. Um, He got mugged, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He got mugged, and he blames Eileen and Jason for not being there to stop it or something. I don't know. But yeah, he's he's definitely been a thorn in Eileen's side before. But equally, I. I, I do believe that he would want to protect her. It's uh, it's really difficult. I want him I, to get. In, I want this version of Todd to get into a situation that the old Todd would get into. I want him not to be on the back foot anymore and see whether he can do the the cocky, confident, <sighs> snarky, sn- uh, smart at Todd that Brianna Langley portrayed. It him makes as. me wonder why they brought Todd back. Did they bring Todd back because they said we Todd's a great character, we want him back in the show, or did they say we've got a story that we can only tell if we use Todd as the character? Or was it a because case it feels of Eileen's to me not at the moment, like it's the latter? Because why bring Todd back like a completely different person? Mm. Yeah, you can't just create a random new character and say that's Todd. Yeah. Because we wanted a story about yeah. where Eileen had to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, we want Eileen to do something. We also want to put the cat among the pigeons where Billy and Paul are concerned. We need something else for Paul to angst about. Mm. There's, there's, there is storyline potential there, definitely. But yeah, could it have just been easily done with... Oh, it couldn't have been done exactly the same with Jason because there were no other Billy... <laughs> Billy <laughs> well, Paul angle, Paul. but... Uh, if Billy finds out that Jason was Mr. Gay Weatherfield, we do not know what would happen. Yeah, Especially so. if he had a problem. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I don't think they've given Gareth Pierce a lot of help here, establishing himself as as Todd, but they've only had him in two episodes, so I'm not yeah. worried. I'm sure we've got plenty more of him to say. I'm just was... hoping that they will. They they do want him to be as Todd used to be. If they if they brought him back and he's just a completely different character. I've uh, also seen some interviews with Gareth to... Pierce, some Hello, I'm New to the Show, Ask Me Things interviews, and he said that before he went to the um, audition as Todd, he did watch some old Todd scenes to okay. try and say, okay, this is what Todd was like. But he said since he's got the part, he has refused to watch any other Todd scenes because he doesn't <gasps> want to just he? imitate Todd. He mm, wants to be his own... Portrayal of him, he 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 doesn't want to be aping Bruno Langley, well, which that's is fair, fair. enough. You, yeah. you, you you can't do that anyway, can you? You not do it's not an impressions show. But I mean, some actors do. That's, okay, that's okay. acting, isn't it? No. Um, so well, there are different. You know, this is what we have these arguments with about some of these. How the Oscars always you always get the the Oscars always go to somebody who who portrayed somebody in a biography, mm. and it's like, well, is he a good actor or is he just really good at doing an impression of whatever? <laughs> and you know, one of them is slightly different mm. than, than the other. They're both very skilled, yeah. both difficult to pull off, but one of them is acting and the other one's doing an impression. And if we go back to the Tracy Nick kind of angle, I would say that Tracy Kate Ford's Tracy <sighs> is not a million miles away from Dawn Acton's Tracy in that she's mm. a bit, um, yeah, a bit confrontational. Um, bolshy. But yeah, bol- bolshy and, um, you know, a bit of a thorn in Deirdre's side. Definitely. She, the old, um, old Tracy wasn't, you know, the, the, the scheming murderess that new Tracy turned into, but I could kind of see, I can paper over the cracks in the gap there. And and she's, I mean, Dawn Acton wasn't even the first actress to play Tracy, far from her, but she was the first one that, you know, properly came into the limelight, as it were. Whereas if you look at Nick, we've got three really quite different versions of Nick. There's the Warren Jackson Nick, who was just a 
bit of a moody teenager really and that's about as far as it went somebody who hated martin and then the second nick was this heartthrob ditzy um kind of dreamboat kind of guy that oh, that, oh you think he's a dreamboat that, do you? that wasn't really too clever but he was just this hunk that that leanne fell in with he you know he was never going to win the the Brain of Britain Awards, was he? And and mm-hmm. now we've got Ben Price, Nick, who is worlds away. He's, I'm not saying that he's, you know, meant to material or anything, but he's, <laughs> he's, he's sensible, he's serious, he's given the, yeah. the hardcore dramatic scenes to he's do. He's a very no-nonsense sort he's, of, not, not interested in fripperies and frills yeah, and he nonsense. He squints his face, he he goes for runs. Yeah, and and he's 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 yeah he he does the the serious stories, whereas mm. I, the, the old Nick didn't. Mm. So, but yet we have still come to accept him as Nick. So I I don't know. I I really really don't know. Ask I don't me think again. It's fair. I think we'll have yeah. to have a every, at the end of every week. We'll have to have a Todd debrief. Todd it is. I, it's going to be a Todd watch. I I just think, um, it's it's fine. I'm waiting to see what happens. I think I thought they're going to bring back Todd and they'll make Todd as he used to be. Perhaps that's time. not their vision for the for the character. I would love to see Gareth Pierce's audition tape and mm-hmm. see what it was about his performance that made them go this is who we want as Todd. Yeah. What and and I want to know why that why the character's back. Like I said, was it for a storyline or yeah, was it for if they've got a just, good story? We really need Todd that's going to go a long way to helping me to accept him. If the, he comes back and the story's a a dud, or if it's just a you know five minute wonder and like oh we're going to fake a death and then he's going to go into the. But the danger is they're doing what they normally do, which uh, recently on Corrie, which is the store the the character is um, a servant to the story. And will change at our whim, depending mm. on what we need the story to be. I want, I want Todd to come back as Todd for a story written for Todd, yeah. not come back because we need Eileen's son to be in it. Mm, mm, totally. But um, I am Gareth Pierce has got one of the hardest jobs he's got on the show at the moment. He has got a ri- it, I hope he's got a very thick skin. Yep. The internet will not be kind if um. Well, I mean, they already was were having a go and saying, oh, you know, I, I don't want to accept a recast, blah, blah, blah. You've been saying that yourself. Mm. Um, he knows he's got an awful, awful lot to, to go yeah, up against. But so fair play to him. And, and I, I, I will give him a chance. I will good. absolutely give him a chance. Well, I, I'm, like I said, I'm interested to see where it goes. I don't want to say goodbye to the old Todd personality. But if, if we have to, I, I guess I'll... Um, I, I'm willing to see what new Todd is going to be like. Yeah. But like I said, from based on these two episodes, I couldn't tell you yet where they're going with this character. No. And you do get some actors who come into the show, and this is a rare thing, and from the very first scene, it's like, yep, I think you're brilliant. Like we did with Sam last week. And we did we with did, we needed, Sally we, Carmen. And we did with Sally Carmen. And we did with um, with Elaine. We needed no more than five, ten seconds with these characters, with these actors to say, yes, please. You've won me you can, over. You've won me over. Permanent cast member, please. I didn't get that from Todd today. It's not mean. It's the truth. <laughs> not, not all of my favourite characters have been instant hits. No, that's true. There are characters who have been introduced where I've gone, who cares about this? Yeah. And then... It, they they win you over 
like yeah like, absolutely um, I mean, the, the the water wears the, away the stone we, we we absolutely fell in love with pat phelan as a character but i can't imagine that his first scene where no owen comes to his house we didn't go this guy's like, great let's have more of him no and he and and, and jenny we, we didn't know anything particularly about 80s jenny but then she came back in you know five six years ago and she had that uh, blind date with kevin it was it was fine. It was absolutely fine. It was the storyline that happened three four months down the line when um, she Gave was involved in kidnapping do, Jack yeah. and everything. That's when we became massive Jenny fanboys and girls. Yeah. So they, not like I said, I don't think that I don't think Coronation Street has done him a favor the way they've introduced him. Mm. I think they probably thought it was a good idea because it's dramatic and. You know, and compelling, and it explains why he's been away for three years. He's on the run. Oh gosh, he's in trouble. He needs Eileen's help, but it just didn't feel like Todd because Todd wouldn't be in trouble because Todd was one of these guys that could talk himself out of any situation. Yeah, well, he's just uh, as um, Lenny said a few weeks ago when he did some investigating. He's you know he he's just bitten off more than he can chew. He's he's. It got on the wrong side of the wrong guy. I know, but to me, honestly, when I imagine... Sometimes people that I like, I imagine them as dogs, which sounds weird, but it's true. And I imagine um, Todd as a chihuahua, a sneaky chihuahua who could run into the middle of a massive dog fight over a bone and come out with a bone in its mouth, run off and eat it while everybody else is still fighting, you know? Mm. He knows his limits... He knows that there are certain challenges, but he has uses his brain to overcome them, and it seems he seems like um, unthreatening, but he really is the scariest one of all, just like a chihuahua. <laughs> you know what I mean? I so I just think that even if he were in over his head, he would think his way out of it, mm. and because that's that's Todd's personality. He, he has come up with a plan. Help helpfully. Mm. I mean, it's been a. It, it's one of these like handy sub conveniences that a plan has offered itself up on a plate. Yeah. To Todd. I just honestly, honestly, if you were gonna, if you were gonna reintroduce Todd as a character, and you wanted to make sure that everybody knew that this Todd is the old Todd, and we're gonna maintain continuity with the way his personality was. I can. The only way I can imagine him being introduced is setting up some kind of weird meeting with somebody at a bar. And you look over and look, it's Todd there with a drink, all smug and smarmy. He's tricked you. He's done something. He's on top again. He is totally in control of every situation. Look, mm. it's Todd, you know? Yeah. With, know with a smart suit on. Yeah. I mean, even his outfit didn't feel like a Todd outfit. Yeah. But not that I really remember what Todd wore, honestly. But in my mind, he was always very smartly dressed. Mm. He might have spent his whole time in hoodies, but he projected <laughs> a, a sort of impression of wearing a suit. Right, I'm going to move on. Yeah, sorry. That, um, that, I'm, still, I'm still really excited about him come, being back. And I still really think Gareth Pierce has got a lot to show us. And I, I've they heard very good you know, things about yeah. him as an actor from, from other things that he's done. So, so I'm excited no to see where it goes. And if, even if they don't pre-judge. go back to Todd how he used to be, I will accept it. I'm not going to hold it against... If they turn him yeah. into a good character. Yeah. Right, Johnny Scott's secret. So let's whiz through this. Um, Who's doing Scott really well is back. Time? Scott is back, everybody. Yeah. Again, after I don't know how long since we had that security guard um, 
fished out the canal. Yeah. So Scott sees Johnny going into the Rovers and goes, oh, I was in a story line with him a couple of months ago. I suppose we better get back on that train. He's just been speaking to Emma, by the way, about Oliver and saying, oh, wouldn't it be nice if he had a bit more money to pay for this court case slash German medical treatment. So Johnny goes in. So Scott goes into the pub. Jenny's there scrubbing the decks and says, oh, come in, Scott. Welcome back to the storyline. It's about time we did something more with this. So Scott's kind of saying, oh, Oh, you know what? I think I'd quite like to raise some money for for Ollie. And um, Jenny thinks this is a wonderful idea. Johnny is less welcoming of uh, of having his old pal back in his uh, in his home. Perhaps he might be a bit more welcoming if Scott would stop hanging around and going, ha ha, this this the price of a beer in here is a steal, isn't it, Johnny? Ha 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 ha. Yeah, he is rather rubbing it in. So. Um, when Jenny goes out the back, Scott says to Johnny, Look, I'm struggling to find work at the moment. Oh, yeah, this is like what you were saying. Isn't it hard when you've been inside to find a job? Oh, you wouldn't know, would you? Because it was me, Scott, that took the rap for that <laughs> that mysterious thing that we'd all do all that time ago. You know, Weak. that crime thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a joke, just a joke. We're pals, really, aren't we, Johnny? And Johnny's like, Oh, he can't take this. He's, I mean, I, I hope his heart's okay. Because um, he's going to be, he's going to keel over if we're not careful. So the the main draw of this episode, or this storyline in this episode, I have to say, was Jenny and Emma and Evelyn's wine tasting experience. Yeah. Because Emma's feeling a bit down because her brother's on death's door. So Jenny's just like, just do what I do when I feel depressed. Drink your cares away. Come and taste some of this wine that I've had shipped in from the brewery, Emma. So. Um, they they start getting the glasses out and getting all ready for that. In the meantime, Dev bursts into the rover and is like, oh, my shop has been broken into. I need brandy for the nerves. Who could it possibly be? And we're led to believe, when we see him acting a bit shifty, that Scott's the one that's broken into the corner shop and taken this. Um, so the wine tasting starts. <laughs> Emma does a fantastic impression of me when I'm given something to try and ask my opinion of it by describing <laughs> it as nice. Yeah, and then and then uh, Jenny says you need to be uh, you need to elaborate a bit more, and she says it's a nice French white wine. <laughs> I, the, the, her, her delivery of that line. She did was it really well because she was so pleased right. with herself that she's like, "Yep, yep." But can't think of a better way of describing this. Exactly what it is. Everyone's going to be thrilled when they hear about this. That was fantastic. But then they ramped it up even more by inviting Evelyn back in. First Evelyn scene post-lockdown is is coming in because she's been obviously involved in the whole breaking thing. She works at the shop. Um, Evelyn comes in and basically is like gives Emma the boot, doesn't she? It's like, I'm the second person in this in these scenes now. I'm the second person in this wine drinking sketch. And go and sort out getting some money off of Scott, which is what Johnny sees. He sees him giving Emma bundles of cash. Um, and he thinks, yeah, he's been he's the one that robbed Debs. So Johnny, um, well, well, while Jenny is there quaffing leave Frau Milch with Evelyn, Johnny asks Scott to come out to the backyard and says, I think you stole that from the corner shop, didn't you? And Johnny again keeps him hanging for a little bit. He lets Johnny believe that he's been and stolen the money. Um, even he says, oh, it was just an advance on my wages, but kind of the way he says it makes him think, well, that's going to be my story, but you and me both know, yeah, I'm just, I'm just an old criminal, just like you are, eh, eh, eh? Um, but when we find out later that the scallies that robbed the corner shop have actually been caught, Johnny is 
forced to apologise for making such heinous accusations against Scott penis. or whatever. Um, and um, and that's basically it, really. Johnny uh, Scott says, oh, of course, I would never rob the corner shop. Uh, but, you know, if there was £20,000 on the table, eh, Johnny? Hmm, maybe that's worth committing a crime for, eh, eh, eh? You know, like maybe we did. And Johnny's like, shut up. <laughs> What's going on about it? Scott, Scott's the kind of guy who you'd be in a bar with and you'd be like, don't look behind you now. But, and he'd go, what? Yeah. And rotate his head around like the girl off The Exorcist. Mm. So that's basically it. I mean, I, I've skipped a lot of the Jenny getting drunk stuff because there, was, was there wasn't much story there, I have to say. But it was still entertaining to watch. But I will still say... Really great. And, and what? I've said it what? time and time again about Jenny. It's entertaining. Oh, it was very, very funny. Right. Evelyn was brilliant. Jenny's yes, lines were great. I love the stuff what? about drink responsibly, drink respectfully, and Jenny saying, I'm not, I'm not having a bottle, tell me what to do. Love All it. of that was brilliant. Yes. But... Get to it. Stop making that the only thing you can do with Jenny if you can't think of anything else to do with Jenny writers. They had a mop in the floor. All the... If, it, it feels I like... It feels like when... Jenny to... Um, involved in some storyline, I don't care about Jenny. She hasn't... I mean, she, she's she been holding the fort at the Rovers quite a lot recently. Yeah. We've seen a fair bit of Jenny yeah. and she hasn't had a whole lot to do apart from, you know, talk to whoever it is that comes into the Rovers. She's, she's not had a story there. I'll put there. it in the microwave. Uh, but I, it just feels like the easy option to say, let's make Jenny drunk again. Let's give her some more Come funny on, lines. I'm not saying you? that it's not funny. It's like, you know, if, you were, if we were doing this podcast back in the 90s, you'd be like, oh, I wish Raquel wouldn't be so silly and stupid. We'd but give her something Jenny else to do. Is a and lot then they did give her something than... else to do, and then she left. Jenny is a lot more than somebody who gets drunk. I didn't fall in love with Jenny oh, as a God. character because Maybe of mate. her drunken scenes. <laughs> that's a nice little extra on top of the wealth of other stuff that Sally Matthews brings to the role of Jenny. I still they just, think it's funny. It, I'm not saying it wasn't funny. I'm no, saying give are. her a decent story and not the cheap laughs that you get from the drunk. It's not cheap laughs. It's hilarious. Oh, it is. I'm not... I thought it was hilarious when Evelyn said, um, don't put the my hot pot in the microwave, put it in the oven. I don't trust microwaves, not since I watched Chernobyl. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was all funny. I'm not saying it wasn't. I'm saying that okay. Jenny Bradley, Connor, can do more than just get drunk. Yes. And it was Jenny getting drunk yes. that caused her to run down Liz and then have that little breakdown and then say, oh, i never drink again. Michael, sort of nobody says I'm never going to drink again really means it. <laughs> oh, I'm not... It is not a criticism of Jenny Badley. She is still one of my favourite yeah. characters. I just But whenever she gets out the wine, you know you're in for a good scene ahead. And having her and Emma and Evelyn together was really great. And her... It was all Still good. amazing drunk acting and just getting... Going really posh. So it was, funny. It was all... Very, very And then funny. what was it? Um, Johnny said something about, I'm going to go and sort something out. And she's like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, um, the, the problem is as well that this Scott and Johnny story is dragging out worse than Michael and Grace. I just don't feel that this is going to have as mind-blowing a twist. What be the payoff? That's what I'm... Yeah, what's the payoff? It's, they're slowly dripping it now. 
Well, I mean, it's what's, like, but what? They've got this. We know. They, we they, know what's they happened. did something criminal. Yeah. It involved a security guard that sometimes they have regrets about whatever it is that happened to him. And they robbed and, 20 grand. And, and, and now it seems like... Yeah, Unless it was a hint that Scott was saying, give me 20 grand to go away no, and stop it, making annoying comments all the time. It feels like the pair of them robbed 20 grand from somewhere that had a security guard and something unfortunate happened to that security guard and 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 scott took the rap for it hey johnny did you see tell us now please and then move on because this isn't a story it's it's just dangling something it's It's teasing teasing. something it's what happens now we know so please tell us hey johnny did you see the prices at devs it's daylight robbery yes so I, I don't, the thing is, I, I, I've got no idea where this story can go once it comes out. Is it that Jenny finds out about it and she's like, oh, do I stay with my husband, Johnny? Does, is, is there a risk that Johnny could get arrested? Is there a risk that the Connors lose the Rovers? You know, it can, it can spiral like this. It's just taking too long. And I do get it that this probably would have come out four or five months ago. Had the pandemic not yeah. happened, had Scott not been banished from the show f- for a little bit, I totally get that. But now he's back. They need to speed it up. Please speed it up. <laughs> is what, it's all I'm saying. All I'm saying. Um, and, and speaking of the Baileys, we had a, a pretty pointless extra scene on Monday, didn't we, where uh, Tiana's dad comes around and oh, says, yeah. you know, you were worried that you're never going to get to see Tiana again. I'm just saying... You'll never see Tiana again. You were and right to you, worry. You were right. And yeah. Mike was like, oh, that sucks. Oh, no. But that's what I thought on Friday. So I don't know why you bothered coming around to rub it in I on I don't know Monday. why we had to have this scene to establish the fact that, yeah, yeah, don't come. Because mm. Michael already said they told me not to go near him. Yeah. Or her. I, I, I don't feel that this added anything to the story, but never mind. But it is a shame that this story that was so brilliant last week... Definitely over The, the biggest, the best story of last week is now like, no, we're not going to do that And anymore. are they ever going to mention Tiana again? I mean, mm. what's Grace doing? What? Where do we leave it with Grace? She was, um, she was arrested, wasn't she? Oh, yeah, of course she was. Yeah, that's the end of it. Never see any of them again. I, I hope we will, but I'm not... Certainly, you'll be will. lucky if the set designer remembers to take the pictures of Tiana out of that of the Bailey's front room. <laughs> That's how much they'll remember this ever happened. And then uh, we also had a bit of Shona today, didn't we? Yes, Shona's moving back into the plats. I don't think anyone was going, When's that girl? I kind of thought that she already had me too. It's like we hadn't seen evidence that she had, but if if you'd have said. If Shona's back gone, now, and she has gone, been for weeks. Shona, I've been like, yeah, okay. Stop leaving your socks, your dirty pants everywhere. You've been here for four weeks now, and you still haven't stopped doing it. Mm. I would have gone, oh, okay. When yeah. did that happen? So th- this felt like a bit of a fillery. Anyway, a she's like, oh, I'm going to miss you, you massive weirdo, to Roy. <laughs> Thank you for putting out with me. They had a funny... Um, the thing is about when they do stuff to hide the fact that coronavirus is going on, it just makes it more obvious that they're labouring under these restrictions because she goes to hug Roy and David uh, David says, oh, I don't think he's much of a hugger, Shona, mm. to stop her. And it's like, yeah, I get it, I get it. They but can't touch not. each other. But it's true. Um, that So she moves into the granny annex and she seems fine, except she seems that she wants to drink all the time. Dave is all finding it very weird. Aaron comes around to check up on things. Who's the social worker. And Gail, like, makes herself look like a lunatic. I mean, no, she doesn't. She is a lunatic. She just makes it apparent. 
by holding a can of beer, which Shona had put down because Gail told her off for trying to drink it. Mm. Um, you said she seems enamoured, but I just thought she was embarrassed about her roots being on show. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if she was fawning over Aaron next week. I thought it was also funny that Shona said... Um, when the door went, if it's a serial killer, don't let him in. Unaware of the very vast number of murderers and serial killers and who've serial been killers in and out of yeah. that house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, I've, I like the plats. I'm never going to kick him out of bed. What? <laughs> um, but <laughs> it, it felt like, like the Bailey storyline. It wasn't necessarily necessary today, but mm-hmm. I guess it's building up to something for next week, I can only assume. And that is this week's Coronation Street, ladies and gentlemen. Um, what did... What's our summary? What's our, what's what's our final think, thought? What, yeah, the final thought of the day. I've not actually, sometimes at the beginning of an episode, I've already thought of a score and I haven't actually thought about this this week. I, I thought that the Battersby like. storyline, there was an awful lot to like in there. I'm, oh, I'm not on the side of hating Leanne. I thought that the... Wedding. I understand why people do. Oh, I, totally I understand, understand why people do totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I um I thought that there was not much to hate in the Sally storyline, although I I am fed up with Alia. But Can I just say one thing? It's very freeing, I think, to have a female character that genuinely does not fit, seem to be pandering to being liked or caring about how she's coming across or worrying about other people's feelings. It, that seems very liberating to me. I know that I know that it makes Leanne a bitch, but honestly, how often? How, no. <laughs> how often do you think the male characters care what people think about how, what they do or say? Not the women often. always have to worry about it, and if they don't, the minute they put themselves first, they're a nasty, horrible bitch. Mm. The male characters have been doing stuff like this for years and years and years, and they never get pulled up on it because mm. they have different standards. Obviously, we all know this, but just think. It's very liberating that Leanne just clearly does not care what you think. <laughs> she's really upset. She's hurt, and she's going to make you feel the same way. <laughs> I do. No, I agree. I don't know about my character of the week yet, but I think for my score, Ooh. I'm going to oh, go. Oh, can I just say I saw something interesting on, on sorry online. People are calling Todd mm. New Todd. Yeah. They're calling him Nod. Nod. New Todd. Nod. Uh, don't like it. Okay, I don't think that's like funny. It. Um, I'm going to give this week three and a half grassy overtones with a hint of sulphur in the aftertaste mm. out of five. I'll have another. A, a lot of How it many? was three and, three and a half. A lot of it was great, but oh, the, the Todd storyline wasn't away. This is amazing. The Scott stuff is like, and, and the Baileys was like, what's the point of that? So yeah, I think that three and a half is a, is a pretty, pretty I think I would have given it for this four week. if I had immediately gone, oh, brilliant. I love this Todd. This version of Todd. And the storyline that he's in. What an exciting story. It's a combination of, oh, gang... Like, honestly, Corey, when they do crime stuff, it's always just some, some like, anonymously and boring, blank criminal who could be any... Look, any, take anyone out of them throughout the years and interchange them with any of the other ones you wouldn't notice they never have a motivation for anything they do other than i'm a criminal and i do criminal things this they're just i find the criminal ones boring it's like oh no well are you you gonna are you also three and a half this yeah i'm three and a half three and a half what three and a half um (laughs) three and a half princess diana commemorative 
tea towels, <laughs> which I think was one of the things that was stolen from Mary's house yeah. when she was a child. What, what, where do you, you get the half a tea towel, I wonder? And how do you cut it? Across or... I suppose if it was um, a, divorce, uh, a uh, wedding memorial one, you'd just cut it down the middle, oh, wouldn't yeah. you? Cut like, right down Charles crying. and I, yeah. Um, character of the Week is a hard one. I mean, I'm probably going to give it to Abby this week. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I want to let everybody who's listening, who is involved in some way in the production of Coronation Street, oh, yeah, which I'm sure is everybody, this is the Abby that I want to see. I, I could have very easily given it to Leanne this week again, but that's maybe more of the, the performance side of things. I, I mean, I could never... have given it to Tracy because of... Yeah, uh, it, Yeah, exactly. Sometimes they're difficult to tell. Mm. Um, and she she, <laughs> she she said it. She just said... She came out. She could have given right it to, Could it. have given it to Nick, who has had this secret that he's been trying to, you know, spare Leanne the heartache that it would have caused... But in the Isn't end, it's like, no, I'm just going to do it because this is what's important to me. There's a parallel here between um, Steve blurting out, Ollie's my kid, mm. when he thought he would keep it a secret for longer, and Nick blurting out, Sam's my kid, right at the end of Ollie's life. They do like the whole paternity cliffhanger dramas, don't they, on Coronation Street, the last few I years. just am so jealous of men to be able to spawn children with, without knowing... That's surely the dream for women to just like be. I suppose some people, some women do some just go, like "Oh, surprise, baby." <laughs> I guess so. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go with Abby because I just absolutely loved every second of screen time that Sally Carmen got on Wednesday's episode. That that's what gives it there for me. And as much as I, you know, I I, I love Jenny, it was more for the comedy stuff rather than the, the story plottiness of it. I I, I enjoyed the the comedy drunk, Ooh. but. I've said my piece there. Who's your You're not pet? giving it to Gail? I'm not giving it to Gail, no. You're, we... you're the... Oh, what are they called? I don't know. The car ladies. The car ladies? Woo! Oh, you're the Thelma to my Louise. Oh, yeah. Which one was which? I don't know. I've That's never seen speech. that film. Because I know what happens at the end. Silly speech. Yeah, it had funny moments in it, but it went a little bit too long. Although I did find Sally's reaction funny when Gail started waffling on to the speech and Sally like gave a little look as if uh, looking for her escape route but she knew there was none she had to sit and listen to this it was worse for her because she had to listen to it twice yeah, she, Gail Presumably. thinks like I've, I've got one BAFTA winning speech I can, everything that listen I say sil- is pure gold now this is Shakespearean right come on you're delaying who your character mm. of the week is I think mine is Abby as well correct yeah I don't can't imagine myself ever getting bored of Abby being the hero. Mm. I, I, I know it could, I, it very well could end up as a bit of a cliche, but a bit of a stupid running joke that Abby always saves everybody. But I can't see myself ever hating it. No. It's amazing. I, I love her so much. Abby it's the really victim, lovely yes. to have a, a heroic female character who whose rescues are almost entirely always physical as well mm. she she she's got a touch of the eddie yates to her hasn't she is somebody who's come from you know the, the wrong end of the tracks but she's scallywag. she's done good and yeah turned um, her life around uh, and yeah and just and don't give her morphine day, again she's like a gremlin after midnight eddie, eddie didn't have the you know the the hang-ups and the demons that abby's 
battling, unfortunately. So. God, can you imagine? There we go. So we both got same character of the week and same score this week. I'm glad yeah. we're on the same Consensus page. has exactly. been reached. Unlock the doors. Everybody is the end of Street Talk for this week. But it's not the end of the podcast. Because we've still got no, we've got feedback. so much more. So let's move on to that. It's the news cabin bit of the show. We missed it last week, didn't we? Oh, I missed it. We did not have a news bit or a feedback bit last week, but by gum do we have news this week. Actually, we don't have that much news. We've got news from last week. We've got news from last week and a little bit of news this week, although I do feel that across last week's podcast and our bonus podcast, we've kind of covered all of this already. I know. Um, Let's say it again. I don't know if this is news anymore because it's old, so I think this is information. Go on then. This is the community centre pin board section <laughs> of the podcast. First bit of information. <laughs> Sally Ann Matthew is doing birthday runs. She hasn't got the birthday runs. <laughs> <laughs> She's doing runs for her birthday. <laughs> she is going... <laughs> oh dear. What would give you their birthday runs? Drinking too much champagne, let me say. Right, um, <laughs> she's aiming to do 55k runs by the time... Her 51st birthday comes around. I'm sure so that's like that 30 her, years Yeah, time. that gives her a lot of time. <laughs> um, she is aiming to raise £5,000 to donate to Acting for Others, Action Against Cancer, Juvenile Diabetes Research Fund, and oh, the Matt Hampson Foundation, and the RNLI. This is the lifeboat people. I know, my, my cousin used to volunteer for the oh, RNLI. That was a lot of good uh, causes for... Us to be able to donate to. My foster to. brother. Never really call them my foster brothers, no. do I? Um, um, yes. Yes. Very good. Go, go, lots go. Of good, Run. Lots of good um, courses. Yes. You can go to Virgin Money Giving. So it's uk.virginmoneygiving.com slash Sally Ann Matthews. You can do it any time now, I guess, between now and next September. But, you know, strike yeah, while the iron hot. Let's do a boost. While you're remembering. Give while some we're now. All, while we're being locked down and we ain't got much to spend some... our money on at the moment before Christmas oh, yeah, comes everyone's along. everyone's flush with cash. Do Donate now and then donate right before. I think this is cool because deadline. Sally Ann Matthews wasn't do. a runner, was she, until this year? No. And she's taken it up as a new hobby. Yes. And she's... Doing very, very well in it. And she's posting pictures every time she does one on her Instagram as well. So you go, Sal. Yeah. Oh, Some just... people have developed very good um, hobbies during lockdown. Mm. I've become an alcoholic. So that's not good, is it? No, don't joke about things, Gemma. I'm also, not really oh, joking. Saying well done. Oh, I feel so bad what? about criticising Jenny in the oh, street. Oh, Whenever a Jenny comes up, I always have to say, oh, but, but, but. Oh, I think it's now. because... I think it's because, and maybe I didn't verbalise this properly before, oh. I see alcohol as being Jenny's kind of weakness, her Achilles heel. Her kryptonite. And and it's what they have, and, and when the writers... I don't think of it like that. ...have her turning to it, it's like she's, it. she's turning to her weakness. I, Jenny, to me, should be a character of strength. Oh, what? No, it's true. She, Jenny, uh, in my head, Jenny is a strong weird. character... And and to have her always going back to her weakness and, and having to make Why a joke you... out of it, 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 it's, it's... I think it's funny. It is. I'm not saying it isn't, but it is still her turning to her 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 kryptonite, as you put it. I don't get it. Why is why is her her weakness? Because because she's not you know she's not in full control of her faculties and. 
and she she makes a laughing stock of herself when she does it, and, and it, oh, well, you know what I'm saying? Not really. You do, you do. Right, UK UK dot virginmoneygiving dot com slash Samuel Matthews. I tried to get. I don't get why you're bringing this up now. Fifty k, fifty five k's. That how many miles is that? Okay, fifty times five <laughs> is what. Um, two, 120 that's 2500 no 250 250 k's 2500 get your get your trainers on I, 250 I'm only a k's yeah is it no it's not because that's five five <laughs> this is like really easy math I don't think it is 50 <laughs> times five is indeed 250 yeah, yes 250k's. <laughs> Got my calculator out. How you don't need it. You have a teacher for a husband, a primary school teacher that who this is a fairly easy question what's, to. What's but seven I'm eights? tired. What's I tired at 56. Oh. I don't That's know. it for that Could bit be. of news. Second bit of news is... Well done, Sal. Ofcom. We're cheering for you. Woo! We are. We are. Ofcom has received 11 complaints, or at least they had when I wrote this news oh, article a week and a half ago. As soon as somebody writes an article about how many complaints something has had it will immediately spawn more complaints of people going yes i agree this just I'm goes to show that it was too. a bit of a slow news week that i'm writing about ofcom complaints it's about the characters removing their masks in the hospital and saying oh. that that's um i don't know that's what is bad. it doing is it encouraging other people to take their masks off in hospitals um, or is it just encouraging people that are saying that people don't need masks anymore i totally understand why people complain about these things i do understand that that people are rightfully worried that sometimes modelling un- unsafe behaviour on television can lull people into a false sense of security or think it's okay to do themselves or confuse people. But honestly, I'm so sick of hearing people talking about masks at this point. I now. think that Coronation Street are doing a very good job at balancing. Yes, that's what sometimes characters are talking with masks on, and, yeah. I don't, and we didn't think it would ever work. When True. When all this started, we were like, well, how, how are they going to happen? It would muffle them, surely. It doesn't. You, but if the they wa- were. The wardrobe department had great fun working out wh- who would wear what kind of mask. Oh, yeah. That would have been fun. To I, do. Just, I, I think that if people were wearing masks as much as people should be wearing masks, then they would they'd always be, be wearing, wearing masks. masks all the time. And, and do we need a disclaimer at the beginning of Coronation Street now, like we had before, when they were going, this was filmed before coronavirus restrictions. Please don't go around murdering people like they do on the show. Exactly. Do they need one going, Coronation Street re- thinks that you should wear your mask when the government says you should wear your mask. Please do not watch Coronation Street and, and get any funny ideas about... I honestly think that Coronation Street have done a very, very, very good job of reflecting what life is like at the moment. You you're know, not within to watch certain parameters. The show and they and can... go, this is what I should be doing with my life. If you're watching Coronation Street and thinking that, you've got other problems. Back in March, April time, I was I was firmly of the opinion that Coronation Street should just ignore coronavirus and act as if nothing's Wishful happened. Thinking. But I mean You it... couldn't do it. They they could they, they No you it, couldn't. It'd be like setting a it'd be like setting a soap it'd be like doing a light doing a current contemporary soap set in London in nineteen forty and not mentioning the war. You can't do it. It's a reality of life. It's it, part of life. I think that they could have done that and, and I don't and think the the, so. the bits where characters who 
who aren't supposed to be socially distancing from each other, but obviously the actors are. I'm not thinking about that. I think they're doing a, a really doing a fun. pretty decent job. So that they could have just said, no, people have had enough of COVID. Let's pretend it hasn't no, hit Weatherfield. No, I think what they're doing, honestly, I think what they're doing... I think doing they're doing a very, very good is, job. It's future-proofing the show for coronavirus-related storylines that they can introduce later when people aren't sick. Like, when lockdown started, I was thinking, gosh, I bet people can make some really interesting art about this. Like, I'd really like to read a book set now, or I'd really like to watch a movie set now. Yeah, watch we host watched film. Host, that was brilliant. But the, um, I'm at the stage now where I don't want to hear about it or sit, think about it or see about it anymore. I can't imagine now watching a movie set about coronavirus or anything maybe in five years time hopefully when we've you know sorted it out a bit better <laughs> i would i would right, be Jeremy, happy donald trump's on it he's, he's got the don't cure even talk to me about it. <laughs> um, I, I would be happy to watch something and reflect upon it um but i think so i think in the future carnation street really could go a bit further into what happened you know but kind of like we had with michael the first michael when he came and said oh i'm a victim of um the recession i turned to crime yeah um i lost my my dad from coronavirus this is my story or you know i lost my job because of coronavirus Mm. or i have breathing difficulties or i i have a phobia of hospitals because i was you know in icu with Mm. covid for three weeks whatever i think you can't tell i think it's going to be a part of well it is it will be a part of everyone's life story this 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 year mm. is going to be you know a part of our yeah. it's part of our culture so, so i am glad that coronation street has not gone with my suggestion of yeah. of ignoring it but equally they're not it's it's not um, defining they're what Coronation Street is at the moment. That, I think that they're doing very good balance. They haven't done a storyline about coronavirus. No, the closest they got is, is They a, did Aggie, Aggie getting isolated, which I thought was, was good because it was a very brief mention. I, I think it would be a massive mistake to do a story about coronavirus. I, at the time, I thought it would be good before, but like I said now, I just think we're all sick of it and we don't we don't want to hear... A story about it. It's difficult the how far in advance they would have to plan it as well, yeah. and by the time that it came on screen, on. I mean, it's too. Yeah. We don't even know what's going to happen next week because of the stupid government just making stuff up as they go based on nothing. Anyway, that's political. That's that. Um, don't complain about things like that. <laughs> just just well, deal with it. Complain if you want to, but no one's going to listen to yeah, you. Yeah, just just know that if you complain to Ofcom about things, they'll go. Like this, I'm sorry, just... it's not on my list of things to care about. Yeah. Is what they'll say. Yeah. Next bit of news, Gemma. <laughs> I wish Flanagan. I had a list of things to care about. Flanagan news. Long. If ever I see anything that Helen Flanagan is getting up to off, off screen, I have to mention it. And this is... Didn't you read this out already? No, you I did, didn't. You? I she didn't. Did. She's been... No. She has been in the news a couple of times recently. She had quotes a few weeks ago. We did mention did this. Did you just the... read this to me? You know, as I as might part have done, but I, I, men- I mentioned this in the bonus podcast this week. I think a little bit. Go on then. The mirror, the mirror has. She's been having a chat with Helen Flanagan, who was in the news recently because she's got get a baby on the way again, and they and the mirror has been asking her, "What's going on with Coronation Street? Do you want to come back to Coronation Street?" And what did she say, Michael? 
What did she say? Oh, it's been such an amazing show. I'd love to be part of the 60th. I watch Corrie all the time and I feel really proud to have been a part of it. It was a massive part of my life. I've been in it since I was nine and in and out of my twenties. I miss everything about it, but me girls come first right now. I'll definitely return at some point. Hint, hint, hint. And then she winked. Yeah. She wants to come back for the 60th. I think it's probably a little bit too late for that now. It's considering highly that I think they're probably just about filming the 60th anniversary week if this week, if not then, then maybe next week. So, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a late last minute invite if you are going to and get asked back on there. Sadly, Helen. unfortunately, she was thrown a lifeline by pa- the pandemic because the Olympics have been put back to 2021. So she could have been written in next next summer as everyone go and see rosie or rosie's come rosie's come to weatherfield because she's Mm. renting her her apartment out for thousands of pounds so that some tourists can watch the olympics Mm. um but she'll be right up the duff or at least have a a very young baby yeah very small they come out well is it like March, April time, she's due. I'm I think. not even. I think it's weird when you work things out. No, I can't remember whether when, when, when that was announced. But I mean, we're not going to be seeing Rosie until if she's going to come back after this baby is born, and and she has enjoyed be being a money. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a uh, mum. Sadly, a sadly, I'm not expecting to see her back next year. She'll even. be back. Like if she's going to come back, it won't be for at least five years. I'm glad be. she's saying she wants to come back because to, yeah. honestly, I thought that she had. Like grown on. out of coronation yeah moved on from coronation I didn't think she cared enough but the fact she's saying I'm still watching it all the time oh that's lovely she's still got that connection so I'm, I'm perfectly happy to wait until she wants to come back but I really 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 do want to see her back at some point I really well I'm glad that she really is do. Living, even if it's for a goodbye living her best life yes with babies and speaking of good lives Maureen Lipman is uh, life is going to get a little bit better soon she's going to become a broad she's going to become a dame Dame Maureen Lipman. Ooh la la. So she's going to be, um, she's nominated in the belated Queen's birthday honours list, which was supposed to be taking part in the summer, apparently. Um, A dame is the female equivalent of a knight. Really annoying that we get dame and you get knight. I hate that so much. It's always bothered me ever since I was a child. What would you prefer it to be called? When I knew that I was going to one day get this award, I was thinking, how can I... How can I gracefully turn it down because I feel as though a, a dame is not the equivalent of a knight? What would you like it to be called? Well, the thing is, really, it Can't should be... Can't just become a princess or something. It should be like lady, but that's that's already taken by the toffs. <laughs> they get born into it. Us, us peasants have to be thankful to be dames. <laughs> well, she is going to be Dame Maureen Lipman, which just adds to her collection of honorary titles because she was made a CBE in 1999. What does that mean? Um, something of the British Empire. Consort? No? <laughs> um, a credit know. to the British Empire. <laughs> Absolutely, that sounds yeah. about right for Maureen Lipman. Anyway, so yeah. Right. Um, I just hope she doesn't um, feel that oh, Coronation Street. What? She's she's too good for it now. She's, that she's only getting a, a Danehood dame. because she's in Corrie. Is she going to insist that on when Queen she's credited Corrie. at the end? It says Dame Maureen Lipman plays oh, Evelyn Plummer. If I had, if I had a title, I'd rub it in everyone's faces all the time. Top as billing, it is, please. As it is and already dame. have, I already have a thing about what my title is, is Ms. It's not Mrs. and it's not Miss. It's um, Ms. And it's, it's none of your business. 
I, I think I, I, I think that uh, I want to know what uh, ruler thinks about this. Does she? I know that she's well, a she's Polish like countess. countess. I don't give it. I don't give a crap. My name is Countess Ruler Lenska. That's not even her real name, is it? But... <laughs> right. Um, that is that is it for the news. Don't you Let's have hope to that keep some more news um, your highest. turns up by next week. Like when you have lots of titles, you always get called automatically by the highest one. So even if she was a dame, Ruler Lenska, we wouldn't even know. Maybe true. Does that mean that Maureen Lippman is going to drop her CBE because she's now higher than it? Is, is there a CBE going spare? Does she get to t- decide who she one? passes it on to? She'll give it to, uh, what's his face? Giles Brandreth. Yeah, okay, I've got one, darling. I'm, I'm actually a knight. Shut up, Giles. Right. Sexist is what it Feedback is. Feedback time, Gemma. Let's move on and finish off this Did podcast. you know, talking oh, about what? sexism, did you know that um, the Queen is technically also the Duke of Lancaster? No. Or Lang... Lang- Caster, Lang. Why, why are you saying this? Be- well, because 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 um, uh, Duchess is lower than a duke. Mm. Because she's the queen, she has to be a duke, not a duchess. Why Lancashire? Oh, or, Lester or, Le- or Leicester or Leicester. If it was Lancashire, then Lan- I would Lancaster. see. Yes, I, I understand the Coronation Street link here. I'm talking about how. Female titles are always lower than men's, is what I'm saying. Shut up, let's do feedback. (laughs) Right, well, we got some feedback this week. Uh, We have got two weeks' worth of feedback. Cram it all in. And starting off with the Facebook feedback score for last week's Coronation Street, it has averaged out at 3.73 out of 5, so a pretty high scoring week last week with old Bailey business. Um, oh, I didn't decide an order of these. I like these just as much as each other. So in no particular order, Fiona gave it three Shane McGowans with teeth like Liberace. <laughs> Shauna gave it four Tim-sized yucca plants. Oh. And Hill gave it four plastic rings from the latest issue of Coochie Coo magazine. <laughs> so well done to all three of you. You just got a name check on Conversation Street podcast, the premier soap podcast of the UK or something. Oh, really? There's <laughs> a lot of competition these days. Shut up. I, there, there really is. We won't talk about we, that. <laughs> we are not the only one. Oh, we, we haven't been the only one for a while. I know. Right. We, uh, we support um, we support podcasts created by married couples only. Yes. We have got voicemail to start off this month, this week. <laughs> I know we didn't do it. It's not monthly. Who have we got a voicemail from first, Gemma? <gasps> We've got a voicemail from Les. Les. L.A. Les. Or Les. as I call him, Lele. Lele. Let's see what Les has got to say about Coronation Street of recent times. Hey, Gemma and Michael, it is your friend Les, your fan from Los Angeles, California. Uh, This is the second time that I've ever sent you a message. Uh, First and foremost, before I continue, thank you. uh, Oh, I was going to say, well, thank you for the wonderful podcast. And also, happy, happy birthday month to Gemma. And I hope that Michael is treating you very well. Anyway, the reason that I'm calling in is because I'm actually in the middle of listening to your current podcast. And what you were talking about affected me so much that I felt the need to put the podcast on pause and message you immediately. Now, the topic is you're talking about uh, the Bailey family and the current storyline with the twist that Michael turned out not to be Tiana's father, which I thought was absolutely amazing, and I'm glad they're thinking out of the box. But um, I decided to comment on 
the fact that you are talking about that the actress who played uh, Mrs. Habib actually uh, messaged that she was not happy about the storyline because of a black actor, uh, the black character being portrayed as, as crazy and how she didn't like that. Uh, I think that's absolute crap. I am actually a black, openly gay actor who lives in Los Angeles, and I am a working actor at the moment. And I think uh, that what she said is a load of crap because um, as an actor in Hollywood, all of a sudden uh, writers, because of all of the racial issues, are really, really working hard to have inclusivity, which I think is great. And I am happy about that. But on the other hand, even though there is inclusivity, there are a lot of writers who are afraid to write black characters as flawed or as nuanced um, because they are because they're afraid of backlash. It's crap. As a black actor, I want to play the flawed. I want to play the crazy. I don't want to play, a, you know, a one-dimensional cookie-cutter character that has no flaws at all and who is just there for win- window dressing. So the fact that the writers at Corey decided to do something different and add this added twist of... Um, Instead of being, you know, playing the stereotypical role of a single parent uh, or a fatherless family, they decided to put the twist in and treat the black characters on that show like they would any white character uh, when it comes to to the, the kidnapping of Tiana. And I think that's amazing. You know, as black actors... We want to play. We want to play roles just like everyone else. We want to d- dive deep and sink our teeth into juicy, you know, juicy roles where we can stretch our acting muscles too. So I commend the show on doing this, and that's all I've got to say. Keep up the good work. I am loving the podcast, and if you're ever in Los Angeles, hey, look me up. anyway thanks bye thank you very much for your message les that's my mum's name (laughs) um so i like the name yes good job number one on that (laughs) also good job on wishing me a happy birthday month um i don't know where i can write my complaints about my treatment here um but it hasn't been stella what (laughs) i've done my best well anyway (laughs) So on to the main. What, I can't give any examples of things that I've done, but I'm sure yes, I've done. treated you like a queen so far no, you this haven't. birthday month. I don't mind. You're very busy. You've got a lot. I bought you. What did I get for my birthday? Um, I paid you to go to London and do London stuff. You basically you took my card me. and transferred a load of money from my account into your account, even so done you could live up so in London. And I got you a bottle of conditioner done... from Lush. <sighs> I said, I, Michael asked me, what does my, what does his dad want? Did we want? tell this story on the podcast no, last week? my dad wants to know what you want for your birthday. So I thought about it and I said, I would like a bottle of, oh, like a big bottle, I said, of, of American cream. I don't think you did. Conditioner and from Lush. And he bought me like the medium sized bottle and he, he didn't, he thought it was for him, not his dad. So my, his dad thinks that I just ignored his question. 
That wasn't explained well I at all. I think I'm rude. My dad well, said to me, what does Gemma this want for her birthday? Les. This is about Les, not... And then I said, you I don't know, I'll find out. Gemma, Les. what do you want for your birthday from my dad? Yes. Hours later, yeah, in the middle of the night, yeah, it was, it was. Gemma texts me saying, I'd like a bottle of this, please, <laughs> from said, Lush. I was just texting you at midnight going, buy me a present. Yes. I so don't I do said, that, Oh, though. I'm not going to mention it. I'm going to be sweet and, and not going to... I'm just going to buy it. You didn't buy it. And then maybe bottle, she'll forget though. that she asks for it. And then when it comes to her birthday, I'll say, look, I was listening when you said you wanted a bottle from Lush. And then it came. And, and yes, thought, it wasn't exactly the right size you wanted. Your dad's a bit stingy. <laughs> and, I, and then you were like, that's supposed to be from your dad. Yeah. Anyway, Les didn't it was a really great care. Story. It was being polite. The main point is much more serious to this voicemail. And anyone who's listening is probably thinking, oh my goodness, I wonder what Michael and Gemma are going to say now. And then we launch into complaining about my birthday. So anyway, the point of the, of the message was about what do we think about the portrayal of black women on Coronation Street? Is there a problem? Is there a pattern of behaviour of, of casting black women in roles that make that sort of feed into negative stereotypes. And, and, and I couldn't was... remember um, how previous women of colour in general, because we had Ma- Mad Maya as one of the most obviously famous examples of um, a non-white woman being portrayed as, as mad. Mm. Um, but also Kaz was another um, yeah. one, and I've forgotten there was another one, and I bloody forgot who it was. Well, there haven't been that many villainesses on Coronation Street to begin no. with, have Oh, there? Kirsty! It was Kirsty! Oh, yeah. So Kirsty was also a very big villainous character. And it is, you know, when you look at the list of female villains and you say there aren't that many black women on Coronation Street, but look, actually, all they all seem to be evil. <laughs> Not a great track record, but I can understand what Les is saying. I know that this is going to, there's going to be a lots of different opinions about this. Le- Les is saying that Coronation Street saying screw the stereotype. I think... Or No, no, sorry, he's no. not. He's saying... Screw saying, trying to pussyfoot gonna... around it and say, well, we're well, only no. going to give nice... Yes. Um, you know, we have to make sure that, we, roles to black that we only do nice things yeah. and therefore we limit what a black character can do or what an actor, a black actor can... The, their potential and their ability to play yeah, whatever don't, they Don't want. give them villainous roles because people will think, will accuse them of doing this, but I don't care. But, but I honestly, I, I, I don't know, but I would say that oh, Coronation yeah. Street is not even considering one way or the other I know, the, but ca- the actor's skin colour. I think it I just think so happens true. that these characters are black. It's, yeah, it's I, think not that's cons- true. I don't think it's a massive conspiracy. No, I think that's true, but I also think there's a bit of a responsibility there to be aware of the, the surrounding con- controversies that can arise mm. from, from blindly going into a situation and casting black characters or casting actors to play characters who, who then end up being villains. I genuinely do not think that anybody is doing this on purpose i think it's just un- i think it's unfortunate coincidences but i will say i do know that on- obviously there ha- there have been situations where people do do it on purpose we know this for a fact we oh, know yeah. we know um i don't know but it's like if you believe so if, you, if you're going to co- accuse coronation street of this then you say, well, okay, so the bury your gaze thing was true as well that coronation yeah. street did but i and i just but i sorry, I, I can't but, believe that they would would what do it on purpose no i can't believe that but but it doesn't the intent doesn't matter and also we know unconscious bias is real (sighs) yeah it's tricky but the point is really it's not the point is i think les would probably agree with me hopefully 
Um, the point is not to to um, stop casting, uh, stop stop giving these these uh, roles to black women, but to increase the the representation just across the range and have some some black characters that don't end up being. <laughs> Which we do have. I mean, we've got... At the end of the day. We had... um, Oh, God, you know I don't know names. Rana? Um, The accountant. Oh, Angie. Angie. Angie wasn't evil. No. Angie and Aggie. But, but, you know... At the end of the day, what is the most important thing is casting the actor who is best for the role. The one who does the best Don't limit people's opportunities. That's that's the main thing, Mm. isn't it? Yeah. 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 Good. Do we get ourselves in trouble? No, we're not at all. No, I, think, I hope not. I know, and it's, I think, we, I'm, everybody... I'm glad that something that we said has sparked Les to want to. Um, I do. I do think. Um, yeah, like I don't think I've said. I think I've said everything that needs to be said. Mm. Um, I would like to see Dee Dee in Coronation Street. I think Dee Dee um, would be it could be really good fun, and I I would love. Um, a young black actress to get an opportunity to play an important role in Coronation Street, and but I'd love if to they brought Dee Dee in and she was also villainous. Would you? Would that make you start to think? Oh, people have got a point. What it would make or me think is, it just is like Coronation Curry's Street can't carry on pretending that this is an issue that black women, especially, face to be stereotyped and dismissed as being you know, the stereotype of the angry black woman. Mm. You know, we saw it with Kamala Harris spending the whole vice presidential debate smiling at Joe, at, um, not Joe Biden, I always say, call that, at Pence, trying to make out that she was being amenable and friendly because as soon as she shows any signs of aggression, everybody immediately jumps on her because of this double ne- negative stereotype she's fighting against of being a black woman. Mm. So... I would hope that Coronation Street would go, yeah, we've been criticised for this, but we don't want people to... We don't, we don't want to just create roles like this. We want to make a, lot, a range of roles, and that's what Les was saying. We want to open it up. We want to open it up to lots of different... Mm. Tell different stories. Use different actors. We don't want a, a situation where they're casting for a villain and they say, sorry, you can't get no, the no. job because you're black. Oh, yeah, I know. We can't. Anyway. I know, I know, um, I know. Right. It's, it's a problem that that society has bloody created, isn't mm. it? And we've got to work together to find a way out of stopping it from happening mm. and, and to give people opportunities. And oh, Coronation Street has not had very many opportunities no. for itself of colour to be on the show. No. So we want to see a bigger range. And also... Stories that don't just rely on um, specific, like telling the story of the of a black family. Like this story could be anybody's story. Yeah, yeah, That's definitely. We, I agree know. with that. Right. Next up, Chike. We've not heard of her a little oh, bit. Actually, dear, now I feel like I've Chike says the show. other Michael got hit with the mother of all twists <gasps> this week. I assume you're talking about. Me being the main one and oh, Michael you're the main Bailey one, are you now? being the other Michael. I definitely didn't see it coming. I never liked Grace, but I couldn't put my finger on why. She came across as manipulative and no one would have seen that coming in terms of how crafty she got. 
But I do pity her a bit because he ran off in the beginning, so that time with Tiana was almost his prison sentence. Ooh, and when the truth was revealed that it was almost like him being set free, except for he got attached, only to learn that the attachment was Oh, it fake. is. It's so poetic, isn't it? I don't know. Oh, you know what? I'm so stupid. I was saying earlier, oh, don't suppose we'll see Grace again. Of course we will. She's got his kid. She's pregnant. Oh, yeah. Stupid Gemma. Yeah, forgot about that. Forgot about that. <laughs> But I mean, if Corrie decides to just drop a story, well, we can't. It's like be they did this to, week. To blame can't remember it. how I expected to remember everything. There's six episodes a week, you know. I don't <laughs> know how hard. identifiable this story is, though, says no. Chico. I don't know if there are people who've gone through it, but it was definitely hard to watch. There's definitely one set of people that have been through it. It was in the news. Um, I no longer like oh, Daniel yeah. Osborne, though, because oh, he yeah. just He's continually rubbish. makes immature decisions while having to be a decent parent to Bertie. He's being emotionally reckless to the Ooh. degree he was when his mum first came back, and I kind of yeah. detest that because he refuses to get get help he refuses to acknowledge his own mistakes he just wants to go ahead on into everything and that's what makes me not like him he could be so much better and still have that flaw but the writers don't seem to want to go in that direction the todd mystery though is kind of pointless and i don't know what this new actor is going to bring to the role but i support him until he messes up yeah that's right <laughs> it's going to take a lot for him we'll to support mess you up. until you mess up i hope you both well that's the moral healthy we're fine Yes. I will ride again. Ride again soon? Ride. Or ride again you soon? You can ride wherever you like. <laughs> um, yeah, think that, honestly, I think that is the moral, no, that's the motto of modern society, isn't it? Which I'll support bit? you until you mess up. Yeah. Yeah. We, we will do that. One day we'll we mess up and I'm going to get cancelled on social media. Lovely. I like, I like that, yeah, good email. Um, yeah, it's difficult to one, to... Imagine how relatable it is to have a story where somebody pretends to be the mother of the child as actually a nanny. I don't know whether yeah. Natasha's going to end up being secretly just Sam's nanny. <laughs> but, I, I mean, not. Sam might be in on it. Right, next. Chris. we got a, we got a blast through these. Oh, we got here a we go. Right, okay. Okay, Chris says, on a small matter of semantics, according to my dictionary, why is, what are you... What's that expression? Oh, no, nothing. This is another controversial thing, isn't it? This is controversial as well. According to my dictionary, the definition of prostitute is a person who engages in, a se- in sexual activity in exchange for payment. And therefore, the character's use of the word, while considered by some to be distasteful, isn't something that needs correcting as such. I don't know if there's a more acceptable word for strippers these days, but would they be considered sex workers too? Yes, they would be. If so, then there is a genuine need to have a word that means precisely what the word prostitute means in order to have some differentiation. All cars are vehicles, but not all vehicles are cars. But I digress. Would you say that a stripper counts as a pros- uh, as a sex worker? Yes, yes. When they just kind of jiggle their arms around in the air yes. and stuff, if Coronation yes. Street is to be believed? No, that's true. But yeah, true. they're definitely all I agree with Chris, then. We do need to have a word that differentiates what we mean. I totally sympathise with the idea that the word prostitute is um, a very negatively loaded word that perhaps some people do not like because it dehumanises people and we don't need more of that in the world. Um, but it's it is definitely a legal term. It's still used in legal definitions. It is true. You you are legally a prostitute if you sell sex. Um, I don't know if it's gendered or not in in law, but it definitely is a legal term. Mm. Um, I think we should just call them ladies of the night because uh, it well, sounds cool. No, well they can be men of the night, can't they? <laughs> just sounds cooler, a bit more casual. A um, bit more mysterious. I mean, it might make people what, think that they don't work during the day, but they can, they can sort of... It. 
And also, other people who work at night that go. aren't sex workers. No, they're night workers, aren't they? Oh, okay. So it's the milkman isn't a man of the night. No, he's a night worker, but. <laughs> Right, um, carry on the no, same no. Round. I'm just saying, Chris like, the, it's the euphemism tre- treadmill is what they call it, isn't it? Where a word is just is um, uh, used and then it becomes negative and then you change it to something else to uh, help people feel better about using the word or be just using the word for themselves, and then it changes again and again and mm. again, and there's not really a solution. Can't win. <sighs> Chris says, "I'm hope, but anyway, I try to use sex worker as much as I can because I know people." Um, it's it's the word that is accepted to... It really isn't about being PC. It's about not upsetting people. I don't want to upset people as more than I already do. It's really my problem. Well, you might be upsetting strippers often. who say, don't lump me in with I those know, prostitutes. I know, I'm sorry, but I do... I, <laughs> I, I, I still keep saying prostitute. So, you know, I use them interchangeably and I apologise if either term offends you. You might just have to deal with it. <laughs> Chris says, I'm hoping we've seen the last of Nikki, not because I make my judgment about the morality of her profession, but because she seems like an ill-tempered and overly entitled pain in the ass. who seems to fly off the handle of the slightest provocation, and I just don't like her. Also, it's previously pointed out by Gemma, she wouldn't need to save up for very long, at those hourly rates, in order to, to amass the four grand that she ended up accepting from Daniel, so she could achieve her lifelong dream of frying omelettes in swanky lithium. <laughs> I'm not having it that she desperately needed Daniel to gallop in with a wad of cash to save the day. Yes, Chris. Anyway, there is a school of thought, including among some feminist chums of mine, that it's not particularly helpful to portray this as a way of earning a living that would see, that should be seen to be normalised or even aspired to. It's something to do with the principles of a woman deciding what she wants to do with her own body or to cast aspersions regarding the morals of those who work in the profession, but something that's more concerned with the true life experiences of real women in the real world. Aside from about 10 miles from here, there's a street in a not-too-fancy part of town which has been featured in a harrowing TV documentary where women often charge £5 or less in return for a range of often unprotected sexual favours. Ladies in these dire circumstances are, alas, probably way more common than the likes of Nikki with her 200 to £250 fee plus hotel room and Jeff's escort, whose e-receipt on his laptop showed a charge of £225 plus VAT. Now, here's a question. Does the lower hospitality rates apply to prostitutes and escorts and sex workers, or do they still have to charge 20%? (laughs) Although many viewers would have preferred to have seen Nikki's story turn out to be one of of independence and empowerment rather than the tired old cliché about a woman needing to be rescued from her sinful ways, which is granted condescending and overdone, I think it would have been unwise to show nothing but a positive, cheerful and handsomely paid depiction of this line of work to any impressionable young viewer who might then assume it to be an easier route into an opulent lifestyle than A-levels university and a traditional profession and more attainable than marrying a footballer. All very good points. Very good points, Chris. I, I uh, you know, Put I try eloquently. not to... Okay, I keep worrying about upsetting people. Don't. But uh, uh, the thing is, my opinion shouldn't really upset people because i don't have any power to it's not like i'm going to be in the house of lords next week (laughs) doing a speech about this um i don't think it's empowering myself i think it's a very nice happy white liberal middle class thing to say sex work is is sort of empowering for women and stuff but it's not really those sorts of women that end up doing it and it's often women who get forced into it. And they're yeah. the real victims, the people that, you know... And can only charge £5 a pot. It's horrible. It's really horrible to imagine. 
that it's just it, yeah i i don't i don't really I think the true seediness of it as well is a bit too grubby for Coronation Street as well to it really is not to delve yeah, into. We didn't really happy, get to the happy. bottom of how awful it is it, for some I, people I, I, to do that I job with the Nicky yeah, storyline. I think I did say this before, um, but the more you look at it and the more you think about it and try to make a story that's uplifting and positive, the more you realise that it's not really something that that people have positive experiences of because we don't live in a society where women really truly all have the choice of whether to do it or not. Yeah, yeah. And sad. I am moving on to Nancy's emails about Thank last you, Chris podcast. and Les, Thank for you. very thought-provoking, controversial, perhaps to some people, <laughs> messages. I condone none of what has just been said. Nancy <laughs> says, Michael was amazing this week. And I'm sure she's talking about the main Michael here. Not May, the secondary baby, one, Michael. Yeah. Michael was amazing this week. The plot twist was so good. I did not see this, this coming. This plot twist was the plot twist where Michael bought me conditioner, <laughs> but it was really supposed to be from his dad. I knew Tiana was not Michael's child. I knew that I conditioner wasn't from Michael. Expect from these events, says Nancy. Grace really thought Michael would run off to Spain with her. It was great oh. when Craig showed up to arrest her, though. Oh. Ryan Russell is a wonderful actor. I do yeah. hope we see Aggie soon. Yeah. Definitely, it's really, really, really lacking. We need a better, that, we was, need a better excuse than she's looking after someone. I was, I was complimenting Coronation Street on how well they're dealing with the the, the pandemic kind of stuff and, and and the social distancing. I think they're doing a really, really great job. But to me, the main, most obvious thing <clears> is yeah. characters not being where they should be and and people, you know, not not being part of the storyline when they should be because they aren't completely completely necessary and they're trying to reduce the number of people on set and and everybody not being there and you know i am also i want to just say this too i'm really uncomfortable with us talking about who is here and who isn't here because i think it implies certain things about people's private medical information that i don't really want to even talk about oh, or hint about I, like I know, I feel who isn't here or who is here we then we then imply without meaning or wanting to who who might have an underlying condition or whatever mm. i really like you said it could be people aren't in because that they've they've limited the bubble to essential characters only i do not know how essential james is <laughs> but you know what i'm saying i i don't want to not that I'm saying anyone else is saying this. I'm just saying that, that on the show, we haven't really spoken in great depth about who is back and who is not back. Um, apart from to say the older characters, which they have, the show has said. Yeah. The show there, has there given are us other that information. Who and we don't, yeah. Really been in it. And that's that why we haven't talked bracket. about it because I don't think it's fair. No, no, I, I agree. Okay. But that's not what Nancy's saying. Of, of course, that's not what I'm saying. But I just wanted to interject just to mm. add that little if you ever wondered why we didn't. That's why. Um, Nancy said that Nick meeting Sam was great. The actor playing Sam is so good. I love him. I don't think this is a good time for Nick to meet him, though. There's too much going on with Ollie. <laughs> when is there a good time for anything Will that he tell Leanne himself or will she find out on her own? Fortunately, he just he just, just told her. I'm yeah. glad that she didn't find out because if she'd have found out on her own, she'd have been oh, she hit the unbearable. Mm -hmm. Steve getting ready to sell streetcars was interesting as well, says Nancy. I knew Ray would buy Nick shares in Underworld. He didn't, though. He didn't, though. No, he didn't. Uh, the £10,000 donation is good PR. Oh, I would love to have that kind of PR. 
Toya and Imran should go ahead with their fostering plans. Yes, they should. Toya putting the plans on hold to help Leanne with med- mediation could lead to heartache for Toya. Leanne is mm. being a great mum by not giving, a, giving up all hope. Yeah. Um, Sam is going to serve as a test for Nick and Leanne's relationship. Do they love each other enough no. to stay together or not? Will Leanne still love Nick after she loses no. Ollie? This will be an exciting part of the story and tracing yep. wanting to help. Could be because Liz is not there yeah. to give support. I mm. do wonder if Gail is going to do something. Do something, G- Gail. Gail just feels like, and I know she's only been back this week, but she seems like she's not thrown herself what, into Gail, it, has she? How is Gail related to this? Well, Gail is related because she is Sam's grandmother. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was like, who cares? She didn't seem Ollie. mega surprised. She did. She barely battered an Honestly, eyelid when her she found out that was Nick baffling. was a father. I, if I found out I had a secret grandchild, I would, wouldn't shut up about it. Well, she was just silly on the she's Zoom like, call oh, again. Hi. She's like, hello. Oh, I'm your grandma. I'd be like, get out of the way, Nick. I, look, this is my grandkid here. Yeah. Are you eating your vegetables? Do you want, do you need money? Shall I send you, a, 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 what do you want? A telescope? Mm. I'll get, I'll get you one. Let's go and, let's go and look, look I'll take you to the moors now. Let's go. I mean, I, I think that's I know an it's example daytime. We can look of, at the moon. of a storyline being, um, you know, characters not being involved Sometimes in the storyline when they kind yeah. of should be, yeah. but you could, like, like, obviously Helen Worth couldn't have been in We have to throw there. a token line in, in here to, to, so that everyone knows that Gail knows, but yeah. they don't, they didn't commit themselves to anything in particular at all, apart from saying, girl, yes, I, Gail, acknowledge Sam is my grandson. Next yeah. scene, please. But how, how much does Gail feel about Oliver? Because she isn't blood related to Oliver. And I, I can't think that we've seen very much of Gail being a grandma to Ollie. <sighs> I can't either, imagine but... her particularly thinking anything other than how sad and tragic in a remote way. R- remote, though? Yeah. It, does she think it's any more tragic than... Any other person I don't, on the I can't see that there's a relationship because between she, her and Ollie. But the thing but is, there though... there should be. There absolutely should be. But were there to not be, I still think it's a bit more forgivable. Mm. I just think it could it be an opportunity to... It depends on how much Leanne to, wants Gail to be part of Ollie's life. She might not, she might not really But care. why wouldn't but she? But at the end of the day, Michael, if you, if you force your child to have a relationship of, of a very intimate type i would say grandparents very intimately involved in their in grandchildren's lives especially when they're young are you going to voice that upon every partner you have when you go through them like one every other year everybody on the show would be everybody else's grandparents by the time you bloody finish at that right how many people could justifiably be called grandparents to how many other children if we're going by that leanne seemed very determined that nick should be you know, seen as the the father figure. Nick and Leanne aside married, from are the they? real, um, are they? No, aside not at the moment. Not at the moment. They have not. been in they the have past been once or twice. Le- Leanne isn't denying Steve as the father, but she wants Ollie to kind of see Nick as a father figure as well. So I would, I wouldn't know why she wouldn't be all for Gail being the the grandma. And I know she's a bit of a mother-in-law from hell, but. I think that she would absolutely be accepting as Gail as a grandma if she wanted to be, and I think Gail would want to be. Grandparents are a support network, aren't they? Partially, apart from the apart from the obvious the fact that they're related, but Ollie and Leanne have so many other adults in their lives that I don't know that you need to chuck someone else on the top. I don't well, know if they haven't got bit, Les and Janice. They're getting very. I don't know what they're doing at the moment. I know. Um, 
Nancy gave this uh, last week's episode three and a half skinny lattes and Michael was the character of the Yay! week. But shout outs to Leanne, Nick, Sarah and I've talked myself Carla. Well, you better have a glug of your drink because yeah. it's your turn to read the next email from Rebecca. <clears throat> she says, wow, what a shock. Shocking the Michael and Grace story. I know I've said it a few times about Michael not being the dad, but never thought Grace wasn't the mum either. Nice touch to have Tiana's real mum in the scene due to COVID restrictions. And then it looks like Grace is pregnant, but Michael doesn't want to know. I don't think he doesn't want to know. He just doesn't know. He doesn't know, yeah. <laughs> um, I did joke about Grace stealing one of Michael's old stash from Bernie, but Grace is probably pregnant. Good that Michael called the police on her, though. Um, Ryan Russell played a blinder this week. I was really impressed by him. The thing with Grace, I wonder, is she going to disappear off until she's had the baby and then she's going to pop up again in you know, six like, months' not this time? Again. I don't believe that, it. She's, is it going to be a case of the boy who cried wolf where she's saying, no, this really, really is your child and he doesn't believe it? But I suppose you could just try and force a DNA test, do the old Corrie thing of you know, grab a tissue out the out the bin or Ooh. or some other way of getting his DNA. Blow your nose on this. Or are we you. going to see her... Is he going to find out while she's still pregnant? I don't, don't know. Don't know. The way the story's going at the moment, it could well be that the baby's at university before Michael knows it exists. <laughs> oh, interesting, though. If they do... If Grace does continue the pregnancy, because we might very well end up with a tragic miscarriage again... Because as we we did our stats before and we worked out it was 50-50 on Coronation Street, mm. once you know you're pregnant, whether the, you will carry the baby to term or not. Um, so, uh, very interesting, if they try and tackle what it's like to be pregnant during a pandemic. Because mm. honestly, I, uh, the women who have given birth or are, are pregnant currently really feel for them because this must, must be such a scary experience very difficult yeah i don't think they would go i don't think they would do but it would be honestly an opportunity to to explore a story that um is a familiar situation but not circumstances that we we would be able to experience and if you want to do it now's the time to do it you can't do this storyline in five years time again hopefully yeah we're all going through the pandemic but we're you know most of us don't know someone or are not currently pregnant Mm. so we can only watch it if it was on TV. Anyway. <sighs> Rebecca says, I'm so glad we know he works in sales at Underworld. Now we just need to know what Toya does there. Mm-hmm. I assume she does sales as well. Some, yeah. I can't imagine her being a salesperson. No. she's not. She couldn't even sell wasabi peas to people mm-hmm. in, in the Rovers. Sam is so cute. Maybe she works at the complaints department and she's just like, oh, love. Oh... Anyway, so tell me about it. With and how did it make you feel when the when the color was red instead of black? Yeah, <laughs> and then in the end they're just so. And then she files it in the bin. Know, chilled out that they say, you know what, I don't want to complain you anymore. You know what, I don't even mind. You keep my money. It's fine. <laughs> um, right, Sam is so cute. At first, I was worried he might be annoying, but that phone call at the end changed things. Love you, so cute. Leanne is breaking me. So sad. Jane Danson is doing a great job showing her grief, Oliver. Tracy and Steve selling their shops is confusing me and giving Tracy Liz's lines might be right. Also, I love the Platt family scene on Monday's episode and David was bang on form as always. I do think we have seen the end of Nikki and even though I enjoyed the Daniel and Jeff scene, I wish we had seen what Jeff had done with the money. Craig is right though, Daniel needs some help. I'm looking forward to the Sally and Tim wedding. Oh dear, <laughs> you didn't get to see it. Although I have a gut feeling Jeff might ruin things. Is Tim still married to Charlie? Carl was on fire this week. I would I... assume not. 
I don't. I was think thought. So. I was kind of thinking that we were going to see Charlie again. I when know, she, I when she went off, see, I thought it was just a little temporary yeah. exit, and she'd be back soon. But when we maybe were talking, it was going to be a plan at some point. But earlier about characters who won us over almost immediately, Charlie for me was another one yeah. of those characters. Yeah. Rebecca says Carla was on fire this week, and I didn't notice any sparks between Aaron, her and Adam. Although she told him straight, I don't care about Adam and Gary and Maria though. I am glad that Nina got a job at Underworld. Oh, yeah, that happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and that they remembered that she used to draw. Finally, Billy is driving me up the wall, and I'm not bothered about this story either. Character of the week is Michael, I give it four Michaels, sat in the park, shouting at pigeons, out of five. <laughs> Fun fact, Michael, our Michael does that too. What? No, you don't really. Fangirl Overload 123 is our... Oh, no, it's not our final message. No, We've got two more messages. Penultimate oh, message. Yeah, it is. It totally is penultimate. penultimate. She says, I really like the appearance from Angry Nick this Wednesday. After all, Angry Nick is my favourite Nick. Yes. It was poetic justice seeing Jeff get locked up <laughs> after all the times he did it to Yasmin. I was a bit disappointed we didn't get to see the actual wedding ceremony, but I'm glad Cory learned from the disaster that was Gary and Maria's wedding. Um, uh, that being said, <laughs> Sally and Tim actually get some scenes together, which Gary and Maria certainly don't. Oh, yeah. I'm also glad of the returns of Sam and, of course, Todd. Like, uh, look, no, sorry, looks like the Michael story will be put on hold for now for a bit, but I hope not. And you'll never see me complaining about David and Shona having scenes together. I'm still unsure as to what we're supposed to think of Scott. Mm. I do wonder if Dev's robbery will be a catalyst in the current Allahan storyline. Yeah, that's a good point because uh, Dev is going back. If if they caught them, did they have the money on them still? I would hope so. I would think that he does, but you're right. I mean, the reason that he was acting. I mean, it's obviously going to be um, pretty shit terrible if your business is broken into anyway, but his world, his financial situation this year has been particularly dire, so yeah. it would just magnify it even more um, than it normally would do. But anyway, it's all fine, because they caught them. Um, where are we? I'm unsure what we're supposed to think of Scott. I don't know, I've said that already. Finally, how could I forget Roy and Evelyn are back? I sure have missed them, and I hope Arthur is another quick return. Yeah, that that's the storyline that has had to be put on hold. It was it was another drip, drip, drip story, and then it abruptly, the brakes went on it back in July, didn't they? So you're right, Evelyn's back this week. We I really hope that we get to see Arthur at some point in the next, even month, please. I, I don't want to like, wait any longer, because he's one of my favourite new characters this year. Finally, no... Yes, is that right? I'm lost in Rebecca's Finally, email. Finally, how could I forget? How could I, I forget? Even in the back, yeah. um, I also <laughs> wonder, Rebecca says, sorry, Ty. No, Fango Overload, one, two, three. Oh, yes. I wonder if Roy will be a shoulder for Carla to cry on in the midst of her relationship drama. Character of the Week is Leanne, and I give it three and a half MI flipping fives out of five. <laughs> Lastly, this isn't part of my weekly review, but I was wondering what makes a regular character on Corrie. Characters such as Alina aren't on the list, even though she gets more screen time than Moira, who is. Sophie hasn't been on the show for a year now. Bit strange she didn't show up for her mum's wedding, but is still on the list as well. And babies and children with little to no dialogue are on the list too. Do you have to work or live in the street to be a regular? Do you have to have appeared in a certain number of episodes? And who decides it? Corypedia or Coronation Street itself? Oh. Sorry for rambling on so much, but it's been bugging me for a while. Thank you much for the podcast and goodbye. Well, I, this is, I, I don't know is the answer to what this. List what list are you talking about? Is, there, is it a list on Corypedia or is it a list on the Coronation Street official website where they've got all the character names? And I'm going to say Coronation Street official there. one is eccentric to say the least. It is and I don't think it's even supposed to be regulars is it? I mean because people like Tommy Orpington are on there. It's just 
it's very, very random who's on the Coronation Street website, so I wouldn't trust that with a with that a two means, foot honestly, security that means Dave pole, it really, not two foot, two meter. It, I think there's it's yeah yeah, not and I, I I don't know. I mean, Coropedia's list of regulars is also the the regulars that we were voting on for oh. the um, you know, for the sixtieth anniversary survey thing, which is they're still re- revealing the results. That's a very interesting question. Like, can is there is there a an ex, a sort of agreed upon community meaning of the word regular character that we might be able to develop? To me, I would think that regular character yeah. is somebody who you say you are going to be... You have got a contract yeah. that is going to be, you know, a certain length, whereas if you're not a regular right, character, we will use you as and when we need you. You're not tied to us, oh. but we're going to phone you up and say, can you be in this, please? So, like, Nikki isn't a regular because she's obviously was only in the show for a particular story, but, but she is a regular because she was in it regularly. Yeah, and I suppose that if they just said... Um, Sorry, Kimberly, we need you for scenes this week. You can have turned around and said, no. I'm doing something else. Yeah. I think a regular character, to me, is somebody who has an ongoing contract. Yeah. Which gets renewed on Annually. a yearly basis. It gives them a guaranteed number of episodes. Mm. And will have something in it that's, you know, were, there to, were it to come to an end, it would be because one or the other party decided, not just because they went... Because the story ended. ended. It's not a fixed term contract for for a particular story. Yeah, that's what I think. But the the little kids, I think, don't count as regulars just because they're little kids. Well, their their appearance on the show is is sort of bound by other outdoor, you know, extra factors that aren't. I don't, like extraneous. I don't know whether it's an age thing of when the young ones become regulars. Young ones. Like, have you got to be 18 before you can officially be a regular? But before then, you're just either, you know, a, a non-regular who appears a lot, like El Mulvaney, or has El been a regular know. for, you know, five it's plus years now? It's interesting, isn't it? It depends. I, I, guess, I guess you'd need to know more about the law regarding children. Mm. And you could say, well... This this character is appearing as much as they legally can, so that to me would make them a regular. Whereas a character that was like, well, yeah, I know I could be in twenty five episodes in mm. six months, but I'm not going to be. Yeah, yeah. That would be a not regular character. I don't know. It's really interesting. Good question. Character. If really anybody knows and would like to enlighten us, please do tell us. Mm. No guesses, please. Because that's what yeah, we've just been trying just to do. Speculated. <laughs> Richard, so this is the final question. It's not question. a question. I, I don't know, it might be a question. It's a letter, it's an email. Um, he said, loving character of Sam, funny and quirky, but how on earth could Gail and our Brian have produced a bright grandchild? <laughs> oh, mean. I've noticed within the Conversation Street community... Nature, not nurture. Or the other way around. Nurture, not nature. I don't think Natasha's particularly bright. Or maybe she just stuck him down in front of... Um... Stephen Cox. Stephen Cox is my oh, no, father's that is your dad. name. <laughs> What's the scientist Brian. called? Brian Cox, that's the one. Yeah, I didn't sit him down in front of Gemma's dad. He just, she just learned how to swear and, <laughs> and fix things. I don't think Sam knows how to swear. Um, okay. Maybe in Klingon. Oh, yeah, probably. Um, I've noticed within the Conversation Street community that Sam's character appears to have been universally well-received but have been surprised by some other inferior Facebook groups that his character has divided opinion. 
I, d- I don't know. I haven't seen. I've seen maybe a few it's too, people. Pe- maybe it's people are too scared to go against the unanimous decision of Michael and Jenna. I'm constantly surprised that I don't engender more fear in people to disagree with me. To be quite <laughs> frank, people are very free with their opinions on that Facebook they group. Are. It's definitely not all. <laughs> Nobody's scared of me. Us. I need to. I need to shout more. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I really do like it when people write things that. Um, is in disagreement because it shows me that people aren't afraid to say things like different i don't care if i drip dry my my washing no i don't mind about that leave the soapy suds on there which is a discussion discussion on the conversation facebook group this week we've had this discussion twice on on our facebook group about when you wash your when you wash your pans and and stuff do you rinse the suds off or do you not and i am of the opinion that you rinse them off because to me it's got soap on it but lots of people don't. And that's just one, that's just a window into the exciting world of the Facebook <laughs> Conversation Street group. <clears throat> we also talk Corrie sometimes too. Sometimes we do. Um, Richard says, complete, how do you say this? Segway. Seg. Segway. Segway. Yeah. You know, like the, like the futuristic transport. <laughs> like the thing that throws <laughs> you off the cliff. cliff. Exactly. Oh, I hate that word because it doesn't it doesn't say that at all. Seg- How do you get segue Seg- out of that? Uy. Oh, complete segue shift. <laughs> but it would be great to have a hybrid crossover episode with another soap. Just to be clear, I like saying segue, but I don't like reading it. Um, I am a jail as they are both ITV productions, and I watch them both. So I completely mangled that sentence. I'll say again. It would be great to have a hybrid crossover episode with another soap, i.e. Emmerdale, as they're both ITV productions and I watch them both. The street could have a day trip to Emmerdale, meeting the Dingles in the Woolpack, with the hospitality being returned by Emmerdale, visiting Weatherfield for a few pints in the Rovers and returning a hot pot. Well, they did do a Coronation Street EastEnders crossover. Um, Weird, isn't Six, it? seven, eight years ago called East Street. So if you haven't seen that, Richard, do have a look. Well, it's a, that was I'm sure for... it's on YouTube. That was, for, that was for Comet Relief. Yeah. When year, wasn't it? But the thing is, though, those are always... Com- like done for comedy and they're all full of yeah. like references and they're very meta and it's, it'd be yeah it's totally totally meta I don't know how it could not be I, I really love this as, idea I like the idea of it but as a as a non-canon bit of fun it would be no I w- I'd like the idea of it being canon the difficulty would be that some of these characters some of these actors would play characters in both, so- both yes. soaps so how would you make sure that you didn't, you know... They wouldn't. They'd say, oh, you look a little you bit like so-and-so. You look just like my cousin Wall yeah. or whatever. Um, I really think that would be really cool. I would love it if, if we had a shared universe. The Coronation's... Um, ITV is kind of missing a bit of a trick here. I don't know whether there's a reason that they're so separate. But, for example, like, um, the Marvel Universe has people pop in all over the place and different franchises into different movies. You're shaking your head. Mm. But honestly, I think if it was an established, if it was established that we, the, the, it was a shared world, you wouldn't bat an eyelid. It would make perfect sense. The only thing it would do I is limit actors. The only thing it would do is limit actors because they wouldn't really be able to to swap between soaps. If you live in a world where you can accept that characters can be recast, then I think you can live in a world where an actor appears in... in It would be weird. It would be weird. That's the only thing. It would be weird. But I really like the idea of it because, in theory, they do both take place in the same world, which is our world that we live in at the moment. 
Um, I suppose it'd make it Coronation Street seem less freakishly unique about the number <laughs> of murders and crimes and traffic accidents and fires they have. And we, at the moment, we're like, wow, Coronation Street's really unlucky. Weatherfield, what an unlucky place to live in. But if there were two places in the world where yeah, this sort of thing two happens... Two places to avoid. Yeah. Um, it depends on how much you would go down the road of sharing the world. Like, would you have it, like... Um, you know, just a cheeky reference every now and then, like the Weatherfield Gazette has like plane crashes into farm or something. Mm. Or would you literally have it so that you could watch both and you'd be... I think they wouldn't help trying to do it break, would, be very break fourth wall and, and do meta references It'd be too hard to plan everything. it as well. If you had like, oh, my cousin... My, my cousin... Leanne in Weatherfield, her son is dying. Oh, here's a ch- collection box for the wool pack. You know, that, I don't know. I don't think it'd be that difficult to plan. I mean, b- both sides no, plan that months, was a very months easy, months No, that was a very easy example. When things are going to happen. But I mean, like, you know, it, people wouldn't like it if they had to watch both to get the full story. That's, that's, that's very true, yeah. If, if somebody says, oh, I'm going on... A, but I mean, they, 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 maybe they'd want to... They, they want people to watch them both, don't they? They don't have time to watch both. No, no, they don't, but they don't care about that. If, no, they, they, if they thought that they could get us to watch, you know, a week of Emmerdale by having Jenny Bradley go over to, where's Emmerdale set? Yorkshire for a week. And having people saying, you look a bit like so-and-so that used to be here 20 <laughs> years ago. Um, I, I think they do it. And it, it, we would watch it, wouldn't we? Yeah. If there was a week where a Coronation Street character went over there and, and we wouldn't be the only people and some of those people would, would carry, would on, carry watching on watching But Emmerdale. some of those people would go, this is way better than Coronation Street. I'm not watching that anymore. I'll watch this. Right, maybe, but maybe not in the state that Emmerdale is reportedly in at the moment. Richard's point wasn't to share a universe. I kind of took that idea and ran off with it um, like I normally do. His idea was just a crossover episode. Mm. I like that idea, just if it's just literally very self-contained as well, it'd be easier to do, it'd be easier to swallow for lots of people, and I think it would recapture that community spirit that Coronation Street used to like to focus on, like, you could have a, oh, we're doing um, North of England pub Olympics, and the Woolpack and the Rovers Return are the two finalists, and we have to send a team of delegates. It would just be... Really, I think it really, would be really, really weird to watch. Meta. I, yeah, I, would, I don't know, yeah. It would have to be a spin-off thing. It would have to be a cheeky little... <laughs> Maybe, I mean, it's been 10 years since Coronation Street has had its last DVD special, so maybe there's an idea for it. Well, you could get Emmerdale to pay for half of it then, couldn't you? Yes. How, is anyone listening? <laughs> <laughs> Richard said, Thanks for the special Morton episode. A lot more interesting than their characters or any storylines they were given. You know what? Of all the bonus podcasts we've done, the Morton one has been by far the most popular. Lots of really positive comments about last week's bonus episode. Yeah, good job, Michael. Thanks. Um, Richard said... And it's a, it's a shame that there isn't a ton more to talk about about the more tons. Otherwise, we'd be able to make a sequel. Yeah. We should do I'll a podcast back to about you. your puns. <laughs> right. Richard says, in their honour of the Mortons, I thought I would share a Morton fact. This isn't Am the I going to say Mortons. this wrong? Greenock. 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 Greenock Morton, known as just Morton until 1994, is a Scottish professional football club whose only major honour is winning the Scottish FA Cup in 1922. Oh, coming up to the centenary Ooh, there. Oh, yeah. Thank you for that non-curry-related Morton Thank you very fact. much for a fact. And it's interesting 
that the the interesting fact is not at all related to the Mordens because they are we, boring. We, we said all the interesting facts last week and one I of, use interesting in the uh, broadest sense of the term. One of the most, in, one of the funniest comments that we kept getting from lots of different people was, oh, the Mortons were crap, but that girl was in. And uh, yeah, we know because we said it in the <laughs> podcast. If you listened, you would know that we, we said this. Right, I'm done. I'm beat for the evening, Gemma. We've had that was one of our longest feedback sections. Thank you, everybody, for great. all of your lovely I really voicemails and like word controversial written opinions. mails. If you have a differing opinion, please feel free. Yeah, yeah, get to us. Let us know, but let's not have more. arguments. Okay, okay, let's not. Don't forget let's um, have discussions. If this is the first conversation <laughs> street that you've listened to this weekend or whenever you're listening to it, don't forget our bonus podcast. I think it's kind of funny. But um, oh, yeah. check it out on YouTube because that's where you get the full visual experience. I mean, it's it is immersive. Most, it is mostly it's just like an hour of the Google, Google homepage. Yeah, that's literally all it is. We need but to have a little. Um, it's there anyway for you. We will one day we'll get a studio in the, in the house with a green screen, mm. and we can do that thing that they do, the YouTubers do, where they appear in the corner of a of a screen and go look yeah but you've got to be happy about appearing on camera for that to happen don't you and you're still not at the moment can it be my funny gimmick that I have a paper bag over my head no I tried to film honestly guys I tried to film something Gemma tried to film something the other day with herself in it it. I sat at the camera so horrible about myself and and you put some makeup on didn't you and we both (sighs) sat on the on the sofa Yes. And then you couldn't do it. And then I looked at what I looked like and I said, I can't. Oh, it's so sad. I just can't do it's it. It's so sad. I am. It made me feel bad about it. I, 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 for my mental health, I can't make myself feel this bad about myself. It's literally been I at least great four years <laughs> since Gemma has voluntarily oh, posed oh, so for a sad. photograph. Oh, oh, violin. It's sad for me. I know, I it's sad for you. Nice you you're trying to make me feel you. guilty. You've got I'm loads not. of nice photos. I, look to, I used to look amazing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Conversationstreet at gmail.com is where you can send your feedback if you want to talk about anything that we have just discussed. I would love to know your opinions on some of the things that we've talked about this episode. What did you think of Todd? What do you think about having a crossover between East End, EastEnders? No. Maybe um, EastEnders. It's a soap. Any soap. Emmerdale. We haven't even mentioned Hollyoaks. That exists as well. Mm-hmm. Doctors. <laughs> ample like... opportunity for a Doctors curry crossover, the amount that they go to Weatherfield General at send the moment. Send Dr. Gaddis back into Doctors. Not no. back, but send her off there to help them out, because they obviously... I'm not sending Dr. Gaddis anyway. She's not in Coronation Street enough. I'm no, not giving her any true. screen time on another soap. Thank you very much. What did you think about the way they handled the wedding? What do you think about Jeff? What did you think about evil? Tracy and deciding not to sell yes. the flower shop? Was she yes. Was she right to pull out... Or was she being cold-hearted? I mean, she was thinking about Tracy, I say. But what would She's it be wrong. like if She's the boot was on the other foot and it, it was would be... Amy who was a death's door? I think it's I think it's a bit of a cop-out moral dilemma here because if it was, this will save his life and she was like, oh, I don't know, I think that would be a lot more interesting... And it would it would um, separate people out a bit more because I think genuinely, if you're being asked to give up your your business, that's it's too big an would, ask for would, a gamble, and it's not even yes, a gamble exactly. really. It's a gamble that you know you're not going to lose. Yeah, everybody is telling you there is no way that you can yes, win exactly. this. Yeah, yeah. If it was like, um, I mean, if it was, yeah, your child will get better if you if you do this, give up your business. You say yes, of course. But if it was like, oh, it's fifty fifty, or oh, it's twenty five seventy five, or you know, mm. it's twenty five percent likely that yeah. it might happen, 
then you go, oh, this is the interesting. This is interesting. But I am glad that Coronation Street is doing what they said they would do with Oliver and saying this is going to spin many, many stories and conflicts between our mm. characters. It's not really about Oliver. It's no, about all. all the interactions between the adults in his life. Yeah. Anyway, if you've got anything to say about any of those things or even something completely different we haven't talked about, and I can't believe it when we've been talking for like four hours, um, email us at conversationstreet at gmail.com. You can find our website conversationstreet.podbean.com don't forget that if you want to listen to special episodes or um character profiles or anything special topics we've got listings on there for all the episodes where those are mentioned and featured mm-hmm. you can review us on itunes you can find us on twitter instagram spotify facebook youtube and we also have a patreon and if we get um if we get if we 6, get five hundred thousand pounds, then we will cure Ollie ourselves. We'll train to be doctors. If we get five hundred thousand pounds, we will train to be doctors and yeah, we go will. and cure Ollie. We'll train to be doctors. We might be too late though. <laughs> if we get six thousand pounds a month for a year, we will do regular filmed YouTube videos, even if I get even fatter than I am already, and that's a promise. <laughs> six thousand pounds. Yeah, why not? Mm. And if we get, if you donate a million pounds, um, we'll take we'll take you on a tour of Manchester. Yeah, you can probably buy bits of it for that much. <laughs> Not I'm very tired. much of it. Can these I go days. to bed? Yes. Yeah, sorry, everybody. Sorry, sorry, sorry. This is the end of the episode. This was an it's, episode. It's ten past one in the morning. Oh wow! I'm jolly tired. See you I'm next gonna play week. Grand Theft Auto. The 5. music for this episode came from podcastteams.com. Bye bye. Good night. Bye-bye.